From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. The clock has just struck seven minutes past the hour. I'm going to get a recount. Welcome to the Hurley in the Morning program. A reminder, if you haven't done so yet, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 is partnering with Manhattan Bagel. And they want you, we want you to sign up and to have an opportunity to enjoy for the big game, the Philadelphia Eagles versus the Kansas City Chiefs a week from this Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday, with a classic New York deli-style sandwich tray. It's sandwiches, chips, cookies, and more for your party of 10. Enter to win it now on the WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. We begin the program with sad news. I posted on Facebook about it. Oh, I remember... The two characters when they joined Happy Days and then the successful spinoff, Laverne and Shirley, and one half of the duo, Cindy Williams, who played Shirley Feeney, opposite Penny Marshall's Laverne and what was her last name? DeFazio, I think. On the popular sitcom, Laverne and Shirley, she has died at age 75. Her family confirmed this yesterday. They said, her children, the passing of our kind, hilarious mother, Cindy Williams, has brought us insurmountable sadness that could never be truly expressed. Knowing and loving her has been our joy and privilege. She was one of a kind, beautiful, generous, and possessed a brilliant sense of humor and a glittering spirit that everyone loved. She was in the movie. A lot of people forget that the director was George Lucas, the 1973 film American Graffiti. And she also uh, starred in Francis Ford Coppola's The Conversation. Best known, though, for Laverne and Shirley. And this had a great run on ABC from 1976 to 1983 in the primetime lineup. And it was one of the most popular shows on television. She was sort of straight-laced. Uh, Laverne was a bit more outrageous. And then, of course, Penny Marshall's brother, Gary Marshall, co-created the series. Laverne and Shirley was known almost as much for its opening theme as the show itself. Williams and Marshall's chant of Schlemiel, Schlemizel as they skip together, became a cultural phenomenon and just nostalgic. I mean, you just, I think you think of it. If you think of Laverne and Shirley, I think it's true. It shows you branding is an amazing thing. It's, uh, as they say in the radio business, it's sticky. You know what that means? Sticks, gets in your head, and you can't get it out. How many times has somebody either hummed or sang a song you don't even realize it but you go walking away and all of a sudden you're doing it it's in your head and then you say oh my god i can't get this out of my head the whole day but it's usually gone in a shorter time than that on uh 
another serious note, a seventh Memphis police officer has been disciplined. Only five have been criminally charged. Two additional have been disciplined and three EMTs have been fired. And this is all involving the arrest, the beating and the death of Tyree Nichols. You know, I wonder, I I mean, you got five guys that are going to be fighting for their lives. So there's not going to be any rush to find out, like, you know, to quote Dr. Phil, what were you thinking? I still can't understand. And I guess certain things we're just not going to understand. I mean, I've given this a lot of thought. And the best I can come up with is that this Scorpion unit, at least these five guys, they had a culture about them. And they were about knocking heads. And let's face it, there there are some, they're the the bad apples, the the vast minority. There aren't many, but there are some, and that's sort of their thing. Look, in in every vocation, you've got judges that stick it to people that didn't have it coming, prosecutors that stick it to people. I told you about a, a editor of a newspaper. That And this is straight from people that I know that would start every meeting. Who can we F today? Who lives like that? What kind of subhumanoid lives like that? You're not about reporting the news. You're about making the news. You're about targeting. Think about that. I mean, honestly, that should be criminal. You shouldn't be able to get away with that. Who can we F today? And that is that is the truth. And that is as sick as it gets. The Department of Justice has done exactly what I told you they would do. Let me make something perfectly clear. And I'm pretty sick of this. I am really sick and tired of Joe Biden and the Biden administration getting away with saying we're cooperating. We intend to cooperate. We will cooperate. We'll be the most transparent administration in history when they are the most corrupt, filthy, dirty. So Jim Jordan has received word from the Department of Justice regarding his requests for documents involving President Biden and what the Department of Justice told Congressman Jordan is you're going to get nothing. You'll get nothing and like it. Because they tell him that disclosing information on the Biden documents. Would jeopardize their investigation, which is exactly what I told you was going to happen. Just like that, that contemptible, horrific Corrine Jean-Pierre. I refer you to the Justice Department. I refer you to the White House counsel. They answer nothing. But remember how many times she doesn't she doesn't mind talking about President Trump or Republicans. I mean, you 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 better at some time understand. I think I think I preach to the choir. So you do. I'm really saying this to people who either won't listen or don't listen. And don't want to hear the truth. This is the most dishonest, corrupt administration in our lifetime. 
And I think it goes beyond, but we'll say that's far enough for this discussion. So there you have it. I, th- I think they have to subpoena Joe Biden, sit his ass down in a deposition under oath. I don't even think I don't even think he could do it. I mean, the the dramatic I was looking at something about two, three hours ago. And there was some kind of costume dragon. Very colorful, red and think green and different colors and a human was inside the costume and if he if he raised the suit way up to make it look like you know the dragon was going up really high it's kind of like a dragon or a godzilla looking thing you would see the person if they went way up high with it but if they were down you would just see the character and you've got this joe biden looking at this like like a crazy man fixated like someone who is significantly mentally cognitively damaged and i don't remember who the reporter was but they even said it's really disturbing in fact i know who it was laura ingram Because she said that I remember when I would go to visit my father and how this kind of thing just brings about a reaction of those who are either demented or dealing with some kind of mental acuity problem. Alzheimer's, whatever it might be. Approaching 17 minutes past the hour, we'll step aside. So understand, this is the way it's going to be. The Biden administration is going to be given credit for being so cooperative, but they're not going to cooperate at all. This is the ha ha ha. Look at you, stupid. We get to say the American people, we're cooperating. This is not like Trump. We're cooperating. Oh, really? Huh. Doesn't seem that way. And it's the same administration That tells the administration or tells the American people one thing and then will answer a court of law very, very differently. So every time the committees are going to ask for information, they're going to be told we want to help you, but we can't because it will jeopardize the investigation. Then the investigation is rigged. So that nothing will happen and it's just cover every which way you, 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 you loose, every which way but loose. Media covers, the Department of Justice covers. Meanwhile, Trump is getting crushed from all directions. He's going to be indicted in Georgia. That's coming. Now New York is presenting yet another thing to a grand jury. And as I said years ago and once again. You just have to stay close to this program. We tell you exactly the way it is. Trump is going to be under investigation for the rest of his life. They're never, ever going to stop. And yet with Biden, who in my estimation is a corrupt criminal, nothing happens. I'll tell you, I don't know about you. I am so over this crap. I just can't even stand it. 
Fox News commentary. What happened to Tyree Nichols in Memphis sent shockwaves around the nation, but innocent officers and their families should not be paying the price. My message for blue families is next. Inflation is nothing more than legalized theft. Hi, I'm Dr. Ron Paul, and to preserve your wealth, I highly recommend keeping physical gold in your retirement account. To learn more, text the word SHELTER to 989898 to get a free info kit on gold IRAs from Birch Gold, which is the only gold IRA company I trust. So text SHELTER to 989898 to request your free info kit right now. What happened to Tyree Nichols at the hands of those five Memphis officers is inexcusable. They have been charged. They will face the justice system. But to use what happened in Memphis as an excuse to further demonize and endanger innocent officers and their families is despicable. Blue families have been through hell the last several years. The number of cops attacked, ambushed, and killed speaks for itself. This constant and unfair demonization of all peace officers because of the criminal actions of a very small minority needs to end. There are millions of officers on our streets right now risking their lives to protect and serve with honor and dignity. They should not be subjected to this hate and ridicule. To the families of our men and women in blue, please know the silent majority supports and appreciates all you do in sacrifice. You are the underappreciated who must do the unimaginable and see the unthinkable to protect the ungrateful. God bless our officers. I'm Tommy Laren. From the world's playground, this is Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Hey, thank you. 23 minutes past the hour. I told you yesterday that I had a really soft spot for Brock Purdy because he was having a magical just run eight wins in a row. The last pick in the draft, truly like a Cinderella type story. And then really, I guess it was their first series, wasn't it? It was very, very early uh, in the game. He gets knocked out. So we now know that they've done the, evaluations and all of that imaging and so forth diagnosis and Brock Purdy has a torn UCL so in case you don't know and you'd have no reason to know the UCL is the ulnar collateral ligament it's also called internal lateral ligament it's a thick and this is going to sound very technical but it's a thick triangular ligament at the medial aspect of the elbow, uniting the distal aspect of the humerus to the proximal aspect of the ulna. I know I said all that. Uh, So he'll have surgery and he'll be out until at least spring training, preseason, whatever you call it, preseason. Friend of the program, uh, Tom, wrote me. I don't know how he knows this because I didn't think this was even released yet. But the Eagles are going to play Kansas City next year. Tom tells me that the Eagles will play eight home games, nine away games. I think this year they had nine home games and eight away games. And they're going to have a they're going to have a very tough schedule. That that's why when you see the teams that consistently make the playoffs, like the Kansas City Chiefs, you look at these teams that have year in and year out first place schedules. The NFL, I, I mean, it, I guess it's all about trying to you know create parity, but 
if you succeed, you get a much tougher schedule than if you don't. And then, of course, on top of a tough schedule, the Eagles already are in either it's arguable, but I think it's the toughest division in the um, in the entire NFL. And just a couple of years ago, it was the worst. It was the worst division. So Brock Purdy's got, he's young, he's got that going for him. But who knows? I mean, now now Garoppolo comes back. Uh, used to be you didn't lose your your job to a um, an injury that that long ago changed. Do you know in in the old days, whatever that means, you could be out for an entire season, and you would come back the next year, no matter what happened during the previous season, and you'd be the starter. Or you could be out in a, in a same season for five, six, eight games. When you were well enough to play, you played, and you started again. It's just the way they did it. I kind of like that, but now it's a, it's a sort of everything's different. It's a win at all costs. And so, for example, Tom Brady takes over New England for the injured Drew Bledsoe. Bledsoe was an elite quarterback. And Bledsoe was ready in time for the playoffs, but they decided the team was rolling with Brady, and they stayed with Brady. And then look what happened. What do they talk about it? Preparation meets opportunity. I think also, too, you get lucky. I mean, you get in, maybe you have a great offensive line and you don't have to be that great at first and you get to play your way in and they look at wins and you keep rolling and you keep going and you get better. And the next thing you know, it's just a natural that you're the starter now. But I think that, I mean, for example, uh, Minshew goes in, does pretty well against the Cowboys, but absolutely stunk. The following week, I just can't imagine that there's going to be a long line of suitors that will want Minshew as their quarterback. Now, he he would have been better off. This is crazy, but it's life. If Jalen Hurts, I know if ands and buts, but if Jalen Hurts has not had not been hurt. Minshew would have left the Eagles after this season and may even have been a starter in the league next year. Now, I'm not saying no one, because you always need, I mean, uh, who was it? Uh, San Francisco. They went through four quarterbacks. Four. First two gone. They're with the third and the fourth in the NFC Championship game. Third goes out. Brock Purdy in the first offensive series for San Francisco. And then, forgive me, he just is not on my radar, but I remembered his number for some reason. Number 17 comes in, and they they take him out too, the Eagles defense. They got McCaffrey back there taking wildcat snaps and throwing a crazy pass. 
So you 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 need I think every team needs three quarterbacks. My theory, if I was programming a team, if I was a GM or something like that, you need a stud number one. You need a 1A that's good enough to start. And then you need somebody who, if everything goes wrong and you get to the third guy, gives you at least a chance to win. That's not going to be an absolute disaster. That's a big commitment. I mean, I have it somewhere here in my briefcase. The um, the salary cap stuff is just just crazy right now. And it's tough. I mean, because the, the prices that a number one, a number one A or a number two type quarterback command are big numbers. These number twos now are getting what number ones used to get. But I think you have to have three. Even though all the rules and the rule changes that have been done to protect quarterbacks. So that's your update on Brock Purdy. Um, Very pumped up about the Super Bowl. I wish it was this Sunday and not next, but next week, the following week, two weeks from yesterday or the day before, rather, uh, will still be very, very special. And, you know, you just have all these goings on. I have to tell you this, this um, I love Eli Manning. Well, I, I love Peyton Manning. I like Eli Manning. This whole thing, they're the captains or the coaches, rather, of, of this flag football thing. I mean, I don't even think I could sit down in a chair and put that on. I don't think I could even watch that. NFL players playing flag football. Why don't we have them go into the pool and play water polo and do dunksies? See guy there and you take his head and you just smash him right into the into the water. And then smile and laugh and say, I dunked you. I mean, flag football. That game used to mean something. Now it's 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 really it's a joke. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. Harry Hurley at 32 minutes past the hour with three stories that you can follow right now on the WPG Talk Radio. 95.5 at the Atlantic County Prosecutor's Office has completed a lengthy and successful narcotics investigation, which has led to two arrests. And I mean a myriad of bad stuff that they've taken off the street. The most successful actress of all time was born in New Jersey. Check that out. See if you agree. And Senator Menendez has delivered millions of dollars to ACY. Salaries. From the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zero. The story of today's weather, spotty showers, clouds, colder temperatures. A weak cold front drifting into South Jersey this morning, accompanied by some raindrops and snowflakes. Very light stuff. A chilly breeze will limit our temperature to around 40 degrees this afternoon. One more push of snow showers tonight, low 28. Tomorrow we'll see the sun again. It'll be seasonably chilly with a high of 40. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. Inflation is not... Early in the morning. 
WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. South Jersey's number one talk station. See what you went and did? Love it. Again and again and again. Appreciate it. 38 minutes past the hour. Something I don't have a lot of time to invest in, so I don't, gosh, I can't remember the last time I watched an NBA game. And I really do, I follow the Sixers every day, but it's in the box score. I just, I mean, they're late at night sometimes, and I just don't have the time to watch the games. And I stopped enjoying the NBA when the NBA, my favorite, my last favorite era, Dr. J, Larry Bird, uh, Michael Jordan, that particular era. The games were unbelievable. The quality of play, unreal. Now, these are good athletes, don't get me wrong. And I'm sort of falling back in like a little bit. I like this Sixers team. Joel Embiid, who's a little bit inconsistent, but I think he's just absolutely getting ripped off at every turn. Should have been the MVP last year, wasn't. I think he's the runner-up. Two years in a row. And let's see what happens this year. Because in the battle of the MVP candidates, what I'm getting at is, and Margie was with me, the Sixers were down 15 points. I missed most of the first half. But I thought, you know what? This is the NBA. They can come back in this. And they did. They started the second uh, half, the third quarter, off beautifully. And they whittled down that 15-point lead. Then it kept – you got to give Denver credit because it kept – then every time the Sixers would get close within three, within one, they would make a little run. And then the Sixers would be down six or eight again. Then they got to work it back off. And, and, and so anyhow, they finally got back. They tied it. Then they finally took the lead, which they hadn't had a lead since the first layup opening basket of the game. And they came back and they won that game, 126 to 119. It was their, I think, eighth straight win. And then I thought, well, this is great because the Celtics don't play last night. Uh, right before I went to sleep last night, I, I thought, all right, Sixers are playing. I think it was Orlando, don't quote me, but it was a very bad team that they were playing. Let me look it up team with a terrible record yeah it was orlando orlando magic and the sixers lose by 10 they were they they were the hottest team in basketball won like nine out of the last 10 games eight in a row and this is the thing i can never figure out about the nba they there's a game they absolutely should have won didn't win so instead of being two games behind the Celtics, they're now three games because they lose a half a game with the Celtics not playing. Let's see when they play again. They don't play tonight, nor do the Celtics. So the Celtics get two days off in a row. Oh, this is interesting. They play the mat. You just see this once in a while. And I think it was a. I, I remember seeing this on the schedule. I don't remember. Um, I think last night might have been in Orlando. And then they play tomorrow night in Philadelphia. Same bad team. That's 20 and 31. They were 19 and 31 when they beat the Sixers 
last night to go to 20 and 31. And the Celtics play the Nets, which is uh, Nets are very, very good. 31 and 19. Sixers are 32 and 17. I think the third best record, uh, maybe now fourth because they're now a half a game out of second place. I think they have the fourth best record in the entire NBA. And that's after a terrible start to the season. If they would have even opened up, you know, 500 or so over the first 10 games, they would they'd have the best record in the NBA. They're the hottest team in the NBA. And that's just in sports, you know, there are losses and then there are things called a bad loss. That's just a bad loss. One of the sports thing, I mentioned this yesterday, I'm pretty pumped up about it. And I hope it's not some kind of, uh, you know, I don't want to call it scam, but I've got a Jalen Hurts jersey that is allegedly in process to coming to me today. So I'm pretty psyched about that. I think I'm going to, I'll probably break it out just to take a look at it, but I'm not going to wear it until the Thursday before the Super Bowl. I want to wear it on Friday. But I'll be on special assignment. So I'll be wearing it on Thursday. I always, I've done this for as long as I can remember. Probably 30 years. That on the Friday before a big Eagles game, not just any game, but in the playoffs or any big game, I wear the jersey. I've been wearing my McNabb jersey, so now I'm going to be wearing the uh, number one Jalen Hurts jersey. Pretty pumped up about that. When we come back, you make sense of it if you can, but this President Biden and faking everybody out that the pandemic's over, but then not ending the emergency, and now the emergency is supposedly going to be ended, but not for months. This is just such a creepy, dishonest administration. I'll try to make sense of this when we come back. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. When you need to know, it's WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It is 10 minutes before the top of the hour. All right, so here is the latest. And this is, I believe, because pressure has been brought to bear, even some Democrats now. But see, most of the Democrats, they'll go along with this because, as we've said, it's one of the... um, The most despicable things about a tragedy, uh, Democrats in particular, I'm not saying that some unscrupulous Republicans don't also behave this way. But honestly, if you're if you're being completely candid, honest about this, it's really Democrats that do this. They take advantage of a crisis and it's you know it. Rahm Emanuel said it. It's their it's their playbook. You never let a crisis go to waste. That is an exact quote. From Rom the Bomb Emanuel, former mayor of Chicago. He he looks like uh, Mickey Mantle compared to uh, this uh, Lori Lightfoot. Oh, my gosh. And she's probably going to win again. Do you realize there are places in this country that it doesn't matter? It doesn't matter. Like uh, Hochul, Kathy Hochul. How can this how can this blithering idiot, this nutbag of a, of a communist, almost socialist, at least Marxist, maybe. How do they win? It's 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 remarkable 
But that was one of the things I said early on that they're never going to want to let go of this power. So they're going to keep an emergency going. And then when one emergency is going on or ends, they'll they'll create a new emergency. Because it's a level of power. What's the expression? Power is something and absolute power is kind of cool. I mean, they never want to let it go. It's a different quote than the one about absolute power corrupts absolutely. There's a there's a quote about absolute power being kind of cool. They don't want to let it go. I understand it, but I don't respect it and I don't want it. So here's what we know. President Biden has informed Congress yesterday that he will end the twin national emergencies for addressing COVID-19 on May 11th. So there you have it. There's been an emergency in effect since March 13th of 2020, probably before then. If you didn't hear about this, President Trump is suing journalist Bob Woodward. And I have to tell you, I think Bob Woodward is a bum. I can't stand the man. Trump is seeking $49 million in damages because he believes that that's about the amount that if Woodward sold a certain number of books, that that would be the amount that he would make. Trump is saying that he allowed Woodward to tape their interviews to write his book about Trump, but not to release the tapes as a profit center later. Trump is also suing Simon and Schuster and the publisher's parent company, Paramount Global. But you'll see uh, some some liberal in a ju- in a robe masquerading as a judge. They'll knock it out. And maybe they'll even charge Trump like the other judge did. Think about this. It was proven that Hillary Clinton and the DNC did what they did to Trump relative to Russia collusion, the whole lie. And at Hillary and the DNC, they actually were colluding with Russia. And a judge hit Trump with a million dollars. I mean, it's amazing. We are living in such utterly corruptible times. I saw and I didn't get a chance to read it all. And I, I like I said, I can't stand this guy. So I, I don't have to read because I know I know exactly what he's going to do. The Biden documents are no big deal to Bob Woodward. What a surprise. But the Trump documents are really big deal. Even though his were on, you know, in a locked area and he's the president have had power to declassify them in the first place. And he says he did. That's all he has to say. Take him any court you want. I declassified them. When? Before I took them. It's, that's all he has to say. You want him back here, but I declassified them. Biden can't do any of that. Bidens are sitting on the wet garage floor uh, in some box marked important documents in the house. I mean, oh, it's just so bad. So bad. And then meanwhile, you have stuff like AT&T and DirecTV knocking out Newsmax and dropping them. 
Newsmax is the fourth highest rated cable channel there is. It's watched by 25 million Americans. And this is really a free speech issue. That's why this is important. It's very concerning. Congress should hold hearings, and I believe they have announced that they will. You need to haul these people in. They say, oh, no, it's just a business decision. Well, wait a minute. It's a very profitable, highly viewed platform. You keep ones that are very lowly performing. So they did it to OAN, O-A-N, last April. They got deplatformed. That was a conservative channel. Now you have Newsmax. And, you know, you have heard it before. There were people trying to knock Fox News off, too. I think they're just so established that they just couldn't get away with it. I think they would if they could. But really, even a liberal, you should be outraged about this. But you're not because this corrupt attitude and agenda of not wanting to have a true debate. Wanting only one side to be able to be heard. It's just wrong. Wrong at so many levels. I'm a big fan of this um, Congressman James Comer. And you watch, he's going to really be attacked and... They're going to go after him, just like they'll go after Jim Jordan and all these people that are really fighting for freedom. But Comer um, is saying we have to investigate whether Joe Biden used the classified documents for profit. Well, look, we now know they took written books, diaries, whatever you want to call them, journals, I think is what they're calling them. So here's what I was thinking, and I never got a chance to say this to you before. Hunter Biden, in his generation, recorded everything in his laptop, the laptop from hell. Joe Biden has everything recorded in his journal. Joe Biden started all this and probably his father before him. Who knows? But that's probably the reason why Hunter Biden, Hunter Biden has prostitutes and Naked, freaky going on and all kinds of stuff. Crack, crack pipe smoking. I mean, this guy, he, he needs to be in an institution or something. He documented all of that. Naked bathtub, crack pipe smoking. I mean, just craziness, sex, sex stuff. But Joe Biden wrote it all in the journal. And it has to be something in there because the DOJ or the FBI rather took the journals So I just think it's kind of interesting that on one hand, you have the Hunter Biden laptop and, of course, the FBI, uh, the leadership so corrupt that they didn't do anything with it. In fact, they 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 did worse than nothing. They lied. I mean, just think about the degree of the corruption that's going on. But I just think it's kind of funny that from the father to the son, you go from the written journals to Hunter's digital footprint. And what you could say to that is, it's really the same thing, but just as time goes on, new technology gets introduced, 
So Hunter is has a digital journal. Joe Biden has the traditional old-fashioned handwritten journal. But like father, like son is what I'm trying to say. And there's a lot to that statement. 609-407-1450. An open phone line on the Hurley in the Morning program. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a town square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. All right, that's more like it. It's six minutes past the hour. You know, a minute uh, when you do what we do means a lot. Uh, welcome back to the program. Kirk Conover is here, of course, because that is a staple. That's like a uh, like a um, vitamin B12 shot, maybe taking vitamin D3 every day, uh, which I do, as a matter of fact. I take D3 every single day. I've not missed a single day since the pandemic began. Uh it's it's real good for you, but check with your doctor. I don't prescribe uh, even vitamins. Uh, Kirk Conover is here this hour. Chuck Malamut, all about your financial matters in the next hour. I guess he's going to say it's been a pretty good January, but honestly, I've been so busy. I haven't really paid that much attention, but it seems like it's it's been a pretty good January from a financial standpoint. But we'll uh, we'll talk to the best in the business to see if if what I just said is good or if it's smack. Uh, Dr. Mark Newkirk, oh, we have some exciting things and actually a very, very sad thing that we'll open up with, too, uh, with Dr. Newkirk. And then we're going to have some open forum from about 40 minutes, 940 until 1006 at 609-407-1450. I don't want to talk about the economy in the first segment. I don't want to talk about, you know, Wharton School. I don't want to talk about about inflation, hyperinflation. I don't want to talk about biden's prostate uh i want to talk about the philadelphia eagles you don't mind kirk do you absolutely not so i know buddy was very excited because I, I have video evidence that buddy was very excited during the game uh learned and confirmed early in the morning exclusive but what a game kirk i like the fact that they just take charge and and you don't sit there you know biting your fingernails at the outcome i know uh, these last two victories have been very comfortable and very uh satisfying i will say though uh rolling back the wayback machine because sometimes when it's 31 7 and it could have been 38 7 but you know mercy they they just did the uh, victory formation and and didn't jam it down their throats uh easily could have been 38 7 they were on like the nine yard line with plenty of time and i think two timeouts uh but it, yeah, that's what you do. It's a gentlemanly thing, and that's what you do. Even though that that game was, that game was vicious. I don't know the player's number, or even the player's name, but did you see that player late in the game that threw like four straight Mike Tyson left hand uppercuts? Did you see that guy? I saw it. Yeah, I think his name was Watson, but uh, that was terrible. Awful. And then, then the WWF, uh, 
throwdown. I mean, body slam. This was it was it was actually. I mean, I called out in our on our in our living room. I said, Sirianni's going to have to get these guys out of the game. They're going to hurt someone. They know they've lost now. They're going to bust somebody up. Yeah, that was a sign of frustration. You got to, uh, you know, feel feel a little bit for the 49ers. I mean, they lose Brock Purdy in the first series, the first drive down the field. Then uh, they lose the backup of the backup. Uh, yeah, that, that, yeah, the ba- that well, actually the backup to the backup to the backup, the fourth string. I mean, that, I don't, I never heard of a team losing four quarterbacks during a season. I guess it's happened. But they were down to the third and fourth string. And then the next thing you know, it's McCaffrey playing quarterback in the Wildcat formation. I mean, they had nothing left. And then, then they're, 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 they have to resort to bringing Brock Purdy, who admitted he couldn't throw the ball more than five yards. And now we know why. He has a torn UCL, which is going to knock him out until preseason next year. Yeah, that's a shame. I mean, he was on a Cinderella run, and you know, it it just it's fuel to the fire of the of the Eagles haters. Uh, you know, I my, I got uh, a church friend who always breaks my wagon. He's a Giants fan, and you know, he's like, "Oh, you beat the Giants, uh, backup quarterback, they stunk, you know, and this and that. And now you beat the." 49ers with you knock out their quarterbacks like like win doesn't count like you know having a great defensive uh you know pass rush uh you know that knocks quarterback out that's part of the game right and, and i'm yeah it is and i'm not saying that the eagles are gonna try to beat up mahomes but i think the eagles defense is playing its best all season they're gonna get to mahomes who is gimpy and in two weeks, he's still going to be gimpy. That high ankle sprain is not going to be great. Uh, it's going to obviously feel a lot better. He's going to get the best treatment care in the world over you know the next. It's now not two weeks now, but twelve days or whatever's left now. But once he gets out there, he's going to hurt it. I guarantee he hurts it. You know, in the first few minutes of running around, and especially it seems going left. I think the Eagles are going to be able to get to Mahomes. Yeah, and that's what a solid pass rush does for you. It puts, not only puts pressure on quarterback for finding targets, it beats the quarterback up. Uh, even if they're not technically sacked, you know, they get hit. And that, that all adds up uh, physical wear on the body, and, and it adds up mentally, too. Kirk, so. Kirk, as you know, over 20 weeks ago, I made the prediction it would be the Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs. My stalker has left me, doesn't write me anymore uh, because he said the Eagles couldn't do it. I haven't heard from him since. Uh, but I knew they were going to do it. And this is a really solid... I Well, I've been following the Eagles my entire life. I was alive for the 1960 championship and obviously a baby. So I don't remember that. Uh, but I've followed them my entire life. And... This is the most complete Eagles team, and there have been great ones. I, I remember it was Troy Aikman, I think, that said it, that he cannot believe that those Eagles teams of the 90s, not only that they didn't win a Super Bowl, but they didn't win multiple Super Bowls. And some of those teams 
were fantastic. Reggie White from Green Bay Packers to the Eagles on defense. Uh, you could go on and on and on. Bill Berge on defense. McNabb at quarterback. Able to get to the Super Bowl. Able to get to the NFC Championship game a number of times. But I think this is the most complete Eagles team that I have seen. What 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 do you think about that statement? I do too. I think the offense has multiple weapons. Uh, you got three running backs that that uh, step up and do what they have to do when called on. You got a, a running, passing, run play option quarterback that's improved in one year more than any player I've ever seen. Uh, you got a tight end that's uh, blossomed into a star. Uh, from you know being a backup to Ertz, to now he's now he's is better than Ertz, and then combine that with a fantastic defense. You know, the um, Eagles team that uh, won the Super Bowl after the 2017 season, they were great offensively, but their defense gave up a lot of points. Yeah, this team has corrected that and. Uh, I also like the fact that there's no big personality going out, media hogging things. Uh, they all just sort of go about their business, and, and they function as a straight-up team. And like I said, I really love Hertz's mental um, state, too. I, I, you know, and I'll tell you what I also love about the guy. Unlike Joe Burrows, who just, to me, is he doesn't have it. Uh, I'm glad he lost, and I don't say that very often because I, I don't I don't live my life that way. I don't I just don't do that kind of thing typically. But the female reporter, and forgive me, I forget who it was, may have been Erin Andrews. Come to think of it, um, she said she it was a total question to him about him, and he refused to make it about himself. And he said, "I'm not going to make this about myself. This has been about the team." Jalen Hurts is a team player, and he is a winner. And by the way, 16-1, and I guess 17-1 and now with that game, as the Eagles starter this year, 17-1. and Yeah, I, I, I refer to him as the silent assassin, and he just goes out there. He's unflappable. Uh, <clears throat> and you know he's playing hurt, and he won't complain. Kirk, when we come back, I want to further this for one more segment because I love this angle of Andy Reid, the 14-year head coach of the Eagles, who took them to multiple NFC Championship games and won Super Bowl that they should have won. They had that drive when McNabb threw open his face mask. I don't even know. I don't know what that was all about. It's never really been fully explained. But you made me think for a second because I I have this uh, 8.5 by 11 sheet of paper that I do every year, and I have the date of the game, the opponent, and then how I pick and how Mayor Kane picks. So this is a very, very good point to what Kirk was talking about, the Eagles' defense, which has gotten better as the season has gone on. They gave up 35 points in the opening win. They only gave up seven points to Minnesota. They only gave up eight points to Washington. 31 points to Jacksonville, 17 to Arizona, 17 to Dallas, 13 to Pittsburgh, 17 to Houston, 22 to Washington, 16 to Indianapolis, 33 to Green Bay, 10 to Tennessee, 
22 to the New York Giants, 20 to the Chicago Bears, 34 to Dallas. That was at 40-34 Gardner Minshew loss. 10 against New Orleans. Actually, that was um, a loss. They gave up 20. The Eagles scored 10. Uh, 16 against the Giants on the last home season game. And 7-7 and in the playoffs. That is, that's a good, that's a good team on the defensive side. Actually, it's a great team. More with Kirk Conover. Don't go away right after this. It's 18 minutes past the hour. On the Hurley in the Morning program on WPG Talk Radio 95.5, which you have made. The number one news talk radio station in all of South Jersey. All because of you. Waking up on the right side. This is the Sean Hannity Morning Minute. We have a huge library of Biden documents sitting in the University of Delaware. And by the way, they've been there since 2012, an arrangement that Biden made when he was vice president and then contemplated a run for the presidency. And he has now locked those records away by giving them to the university, which has claimed now for over a decade that they're still working on organizing and cataloging the documents. Really? For over a decade? Anyway, he's refused to allow the public or the press to see any of the documents. Anyway, the university has been used for years to shield potentially embarrassing documents from public review. From coast to coast, from sea to shining sea, it's the Sean Hannity Show. War, inflation, and over $31 trillion in debt. It's looking like 2008 all over again. Millions of Americans watch their retirement savings disappear, while those who invested in physical gold and silver were protected. And if you have $50,000 or more in your IRA, 401k, or savings, you could be at risk again. Right now, thousands of Americans are using an IRS loophole to add physical gold and silver to their retirement savings. So call 855-815-GOLD to get a free gold IRA kit and learn how thousands are protecting their retirement savings with gold and silver. Protect your savings, and as a Sean Hannity fan, you could get up to $10,000 in free silver to do it. GoldCo has an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau, thousands of customer reviews, and they've helped place over $1 billion in precious metals. We could be looking at a recession worse than 2008. So don't wait. Call GoldCo today. Call 855-815-GOLD. That's 855-815-GOLD. Hey, Sean Hannity here. Join me this afternoon at 3. Now back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Hey, thank you. 23 minutes past the hour. Andy Reid had a very nice quote. I hope I, I know I saved it in my phone and I did. We'll get Kirk's mic right back on. Kirk, you are here. He said, quote, I had a great time there, 14 years. I'm happy for them, happy for the city. They're passionate. They love football. I can't wait for the Kansas City and Philly to clash. What a great Super Bowl. This is pretty cool, isn't it, Kirk? Oh, yeah, and he's he's even when they let him go. I read some of the quotes when they let him go. It was all, you know, nothing but good um, stuff on both sides. Uh, you know, they, I think Reed and, and um, Jeffrey Laurie just looked at each other and said, yeah, I guess it is time. <laughs> You know, change the scene. But yeah, he's a fantastic guy. I, I I wish he was still the coach. Me too. But but Sirianni, uh, Sirianni you got it. Yeah, he's great. Is it? 
I think he's a genius. You know, so many games during the regular season, that first half was sort of like, oh, what's going on here? And you come out in the second half and have a whole different strategy. Uh, and, you know, the Eagles would then roll. So, yeah, I, I think uh, he's, he's, you know, a product of Frank Reich. And, you know, we, we know what Frank Reich did uh, for the 2017 version of the Eagles. So uh, they're in good shape. And, and we were talking about the defense. I mean, I remember back in the Buddy Ryan era, you know, when they had those just lockdown defenses that, you know, Reggie White taking out three three linemen when he was doing a pass rush. And uh, that's the kind of defense I was looking for. And there were games this year that sort of made me think, well, where is that defense? But, you know, they did have some key injuries, and now they're back at full strength. And it shows. I mean, the defense is fabulous. Uh, reminds me of the, the Jim Johnson defenses uh, under Andy Reid uh, in the early 2000s. You know, they could just lock down a team and, and solidify a win and go in cruise control. And that's that's what the Eagles have right now. I'm just surprised at how many um, high-profile uh, people dislike the Eagles. I mean, Sean Hannity yesterday. Sean Hannity doesn't like the work. Eagles? Well, keep in mind, Sean Hannity, I know he spent time in Atlanta when he was a Metro market talk show host. Um, and I'm trying to think where else he spent time. He's not from this area. Obviously, he's been here for a long time. I'm not I'm not shocked at that. But then you take like true Jersey boys like a Jesse Waters. Jesse's at the game mugging up, you know, with right. Mike Donahue uh, and others. So. I'm not shocked about Sean because, you know, you, you, you think about Sean being here now, but he wasn't there. Uh, he wasn't here until he was 30. Well, yeah, his producer, Linda, you know, they he let her talk in that last segment of his program. Yeah. And she was saying, you know, when the Eagles win the Super Bowl, I'm going to make everybody my – my famous uh, Linda French fries, and I'll bring them in, and we'll have a great lunch. And Sean, Sean says, I think I'll, I'm not hungry that day. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> funny. <laughs> and I, don't know, I was reading uh, an opinion piece in uh, the Western Journal on a guy that I really like, Douglas Golden. And the first thing he starts out, he says, I had a bad Sunday. My two-year-old was having uh, terrible two tantrums all day, and then the the Eagles are going to the Super Bowl. And I'm like, what? You know, <laughs> why throw that in there <laughs> on an opinion piece that has nothing to do with football? But, yeah, it's, it just amazes me. Like I said, my my church friends that are giant fans, uh, they they just won't let me up. No matter what the, how the Eagles win, there's always something – uh, wrong with it. There's all it's a it's a weak win or something, you know. And I'm like, okay, you know, we'll go to the Super Bowl. That's all that matters. Oh yeah, look the 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 um the goofy justification stuff. I mean, that's why they play the game. I mean, you got to go with what happens. Eagles lost two games they wouldn't have lost because Jalen Hurts got hurt. He got hurt. You got to play. That's the way it goes. Yeah. Yeah. Who do you like, um, Eagles versus Kansas City Chiefs? I think 
the Eagles are going to take it. It's going to be more of a a dog fight than, than they faced the last two weeks. I think they're going to take it simply because they're healthy. Uh, Jalen Hurts is just going to get better. Um, and I think Mahomes is going to be hobbled. So part of his uh, scrambling ability is going to be uh, compromised. I had a high ankle sprain probably... 2019, I slipped off a tree root playing golf, and I heard, you know, the snap. It took me six weeks to feel normal, and it it was a little bit swollen for probably two months. So those things don't go away, and uh, they don't go away fast. And I I think that's going to be the difference. Yeah, he's going to need the off season to get to get healthy. It's not going to happen continuing to play on it. Now he'll get two weeks. Uh, in between that will help, but it, it's not. He'll feel good at the beginning, and then it's going to be just like it was. Halftime break, Kirk. We're going to be right back. When we come back, there's no doubt in my mind, if you heard my earlier monologue, you've got the DOJ shielding Joe Biden. They say, nope, Congress, we can't give you. Oh, we really want to help. We really do. We're really cooperating. We can't give you the documents that you want about Joe Biden because it will affect our investigation, which we know is a bunch of you-know-what. You've got the University of Pennsylvania. They've got 1,850 boxes of Joe Biden documents. And I, Kirk, I guarantee you, God, I would almost put anything on the line. I guess there's something I wouldn't put on the line. But almost anything, I would guarantee that not only is there a classified document, that there are classified plural documents in those 1,850 boxes. They've been sorting them out for 10 years, 11 years, since 2012. You've got the Democrat media shielding for Joe Biden. I want to get your take on all of that when we come back. 31 minutes past the hour. You know what we do. At the bottom of hour number one, two, and three, this... This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. 31 minutes past the hour. Harry Hurley, three stories you can follow right now on the app. Atlanta County Prosecutor's Office has concluded a lengthy narcotics investigation. The list, check out my article on the website. I mean, a long list of bad stuff and two arrests. The most successful actress of all time was born in New Jersey. Guess who it is? Read my story. And Senator Menendez brought word that millions of dollars coming to ACY and the Air National Guard, the 177th Fighter Wing. From the Townsquare, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zero. Yesterday, we were basking in the 50s for the rest of the week, not even close. We are cooling down today. We'll settle around 40 this afternoon with a chance of spotty rain and snow showers throughout the day. Otherwise, mostly cloudy to overcast skies. One more push of snow showers possible tonight, low 28. Clouds give way to sun eventually tomorrow. It'll be seasonably chilly with a high around 40 degrees. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. Inflation is not early in the morning. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. Set the first button on your car radio for South Jersey's talk station. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We're back with Kirk Conover at 36 minutes past the hour. Chuck Malamut is making his way 
to our palatial studios. He will join us in just a little bit. This portion of Early in the Morning is also brought to us in part by Ambient Comfort Heating and Cooling Professionals. I will tell you what's happening there uh, in just a little bit. But I, I will tell you that if you're in the market uh, for a new heating and cooling system, you've come to the right place. The, the deal that they have worked out uh, is extraordinary. It's the finest deal that I've ever seen. I think it's an industry-leading program at Ambient Comfort Heating and Cooling Professionals. More about that in just a couple of minutes. I want to give Kirk an opportunity first, though, to comment on what we teed up right before the break, and that is that the DOJ is shielding Biden. They say they can't turn over documents. We, we, we want to help you. We're the most transparent people ever. Uh they're so corrupt. They're so dirty, Kirk. They're so dishonest. They're criminals. And they have such power. They, they control everything. So they get away with it. The University of Pennsylvania, I brought up, they're shielding 1,850 boxes of Biden documents. So they're all locked up. I, I, I'm amazed. Why isn't the National Archive sending the FBI to go raid the University of Pennsylvania? Then, of course, we know that the Democrat media is shielding Biden. So he's like the new Sloman shield, Kirk. He just, you can't touch him. Yeah, and the University of Delaware has uh, a big uh, cache of uh, vice presidential documents, and who knows what's in that. I mean, it's so ridiculous. I'm thinking about uh, getting, uh, coming in the banker box business and having them imprinted with classified. People yeah. want to buy them. Uh, it's crazy. And I heard, now, I'm still mystified by how the documents get out. Senator Ted Cruz was on with Maria Bartiromo Sunday morning, and he said, when you check in the SCIF, which is the secure room to read these classified documents, you have to empty your pockets. No cell phones, no electronic devices whatsoever, nothing that could take a picture uh you basically empty your pockets, they scan you, and then you ch- you sign in, you check out the document like it's a library book, you read the book, uh, the, the document in the secure room, there's security people, whatever department the classified documents come from, observe you. Then you must leave the document on the table and sign it out, and sign yourself out, and then leave the room. So how, how do the documents get out of there? Uh, that's what mystifies me. Well, here's how, here's how I think they got out. Like Sandy Burglar, he just took them. And it was probably much less um, strict as it is now, and he was able to have those documents. And what I think is also interesting, because they're so corrupt – and dishonest, you have to connect whatever dots, and maybe they're even just crumbs that you can sort of try to connect. The, these journals that are in Biden's handwriting appear to have classified information in them. I don't think there's any any other reason that the DOJ, the FBI rather, would have taken those journals. And that is confirmed that they took the handwritten journals out of Joe Biden's home. Interesting to note, though, they don't go over to the other place, the other Biden house, um, why they don't go to the University of Pennsylvania and want these 1,850 boxes. And oh, by the way, I agree with Sean Hannity. How does it take 10 or 11 years to catalog them? 
uh, Stockton University has the Lobiondo papers. I guarantee you it's not going to take them 10 or 11 years uh, to do that. They probably already have done it. I'll ask Harvey. But I don't believe any of this, Kirk. They're just absolute liars. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I, I think back, you know, I had a 25-year career as an elected official. I don't have any documents stored anywhere. Uh, it's just crazy. But, you know, they all want to leave a legacy, and I guess that's, you know, what they want to uh, re- reference when they're writing their memoirs or whatever. But it's uh, it's insane to me that uh, Vice Pence has classified documents at home. I mean, how do you not know? I, I, I'm still amazed, you know, how you get them. Out and remember of- how indignant he was about how to, you know, he, same thing you just said, he said, how does, how does this even happen? They're all just incredulous. And Biden, you know, remember what he said with the Trump ones. But have you noticed this is something that I have chronicled and I haven't heard anybody else say it or do anything about it. Amazing how the media pivoted to how long presidential confidential classified documents have been a problem because they're trying to explain away they made it seem like it was a trump phenomenon you get what i'm saying kirk yeah now it's like everybody does it they want to just make it go away because oh my god this has been a problem since jimmy carter when uh couldn't get confirmed because he had classified documents and oh by the way it was joe biden that knocked him out isn't that ironic Joe Biden said, you can't be secretary of state because you took classified documents and had them unsecured. But Joe Biden can be the president, though, Kirk. By his own standard, he should have quit by now. Well, you know, they never do. I know. They never do. The Democrats never do. But, uh, you know, I can see a president having uh, classified documents in the sense that he has the ability to instantly declassify them and take them with them. So if Obama had them, I could, you know, you would sort of assume that he would have, you know, declassified whatever documents he took with him. But a vice president doesn't have that power. So he actually had to steal the documents out of the secure room in front of the security people. It just, it uh, doesn't make sense. I, I, (laughs) And it's such a, a mishandling of our, our secrets. Uh, it really should be a disqualifier, but like like we've concluded, they never quit. They won't quit. Um, Kamala Harris is his best insurance policy is why the Democrats won't let him quit, because uh, they certainly don't want that word salad master uh, <laughs> trying to run the country. <laughs> Kirk, hold on. Let's let that let's let that bake in and go to our final break. We'll be back and we'll have uh, about 12 minutes uninterrupted with Kirk Conover, former New Jersey assemblyman and our Tuesday morning broadcasting partner in the seven o'clock hour. Chuck Malamut on deck in about 20 minutes. Dr. Newkirk, we're going to begin on a somber note, but you can help. If you would like, Uh, and then we're going to pivot into some pretty exciting news involving Dr. Newkirk. And then I always try to provide as much open forum as we can. Today, the open forum will be from about 940-ish, maybe 940, 941-ish until 10.06 this morning. Looking forward to taking your calls. With Kirk Conover, I am Hurley in the morning. This 
is WPG Talk Radio, 95.5 South Jersey's number one news talk radio station because of you. Mark Levin. But I'm sick and tired of America being treated like it's not the land of opportunity. Oh, woe is me. They're holding me back. Everybody with a chip on their shoulder. Nobody's holding you back. Maybe you're just a damn loser. Mark Levin, weeknights at 6 on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Hi, it's Mark Levin. Join me this evening at 6. Now back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you very much. Welcome back. 48 minutes past the hour. Kirk Conover continues on the Hurley in the Morning program. Hey, Kirk, this one caught my eye this morning, and I did not have a chance during my opening monologue to share it. Major airlines have stopped using gendered uniforms. This whole woke, broke joke stuff won't stop. They're they're doing this in the military. They have these beret hats that are very feminine that they want men to wear. Uh, Now JetBlue, Virgin Atlantic, Alaska Airlines, and I guess others, uh, they're now doing uniforms that uh, just everybody's the same, Kirk. There aren't men anymore. There aren't women anymore. Uh, and it, it's just it's unbelievable. Listen to this quote. JetBlue's gender inclusive uniform and hair and makeup policy offers crew members a combination of uniform pieces rather than items based on binary gender terms there. There I, I have to say it, Kirk. They appear to be winning with this. They're they're redoing and reprogramming the whole notion that there are men and women. It's terrible. Uh, you know, like a, a child can't play, uh, pretend to be an Indian, but uh, a man can pretend to be a woman. I mean, it's... it's well, and let, let's double down. They, they, not, they don't say a man can pretend to be a woman. They say a man can say that they're a woman. Yeah, it's insane. It's just actually <laughs> incorrect. And they just fall on with it. And it's a more insidious thing is that the Biden administration quietly has put in place uh, rules with the, um, you know, FTC that uh, these investment trusts can buy investments based on ESG principles, you know, environment, social, and governmental governance principles, which is like the woke agenda. So instead of investing in companies that uh, have a great return on investment and uh, productivity, profitability, uh, so forth, they use these woke principles to determine who they're going to invest in. Like, they, you know, BlackRock, they won't invest in uh, a- anything to do with uh, uh, petroleum, petrochemicals. Uh, it, and that is a disservice to people who have 401ks for their retirement. So it's going deeper and more insidious. What did you think of Joe Biden yesterday in an $80,000 SUV with his left elbow sticking out of the window? Big, big blank eating grin on his face. $80,000 electric car when the average American family right now is making $76,000 a year. You talk about tone deaf ridiculousness. Yeah, and on top of it, it's slowly coming out. The cost of actually recharging these vehicles is going to be going up and up and up. And the cost, the human cost of 
mining the materials, the rare earth materials that go into the batteries. Yeah, they're not even talking about how they're strip mining, how dirty the whole process is to to create their so-called clean energy. These 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 clowns are just ridiculous. Yeah, I don't have anything against electric vehicles, but let the marketplace determine whether we want electric vehicles. I, I just don't think they're uh, if you if you promote them as you know this have an electric vehicle for your local commute, that's fine. But to try to say they can be the end-all, be-all, uh, you can't take a long trip in an electric vehicle. I mean, it just, it was torturing you. And I just, I, I really think there's a lot of hidden costs. That uh, I, I read a, a great thing the other day in an analysis when you take the high cost of the vehicle, the fact that it, the heavy weight, it's a thousand pounds more than a normal vehicle, the wear and tear on the the tires and the suspension and everything else. Uh, you factor that in and you factor the cost of electricity, which is um, going, you know, skyrocketing in a lot of places where there's a lot of electric vehicles. The cost of the vehicle, when you take in all factors, is more than a gas-powered vehicle. It is, it is amazing. Kirk, hang in there just a moment. I, I said I was going to share this wonderful deal that my great friends at Ambient Comfort Heating and Cooling Professionals are doing. They have what I believe, I know it's unique, and I also believe it's industry leading. It's a program to replace your old furnace and your air conditioning system for less than $100 a month. That's right. You heard me correct. Replace both your heating and air conditioning systems for one absolutely affordable price. Never before, really, could you do this. And the timing couldn't be better because heating costs are higher than ever. And as your system ages, they become less efficient, so it costs even more to continue to operate. And then, of course, you're dealing with, will it be reliable? Will it be there for you when you need it the most, when it's very, very cold or when it's very, very hot? Contact my friends at Ambient Comfort and save money and energy with a new high-efficiency home comfort system, furnace and air conditioning system installed for less than $100 a month. Wow. When comfort matters, visit ambientcomfortnj.com. Certain restrictions do apply. They'll talk to you all about anything like that. Call for details, 609 568 Five six eight zero nine five five. Now that's a dedicated phone number for just us, so they're going to know that we sent you. But tell them that anyhow. Tell them that Harry Hurley sent you, Kirk. I want to ask you a question that I have bounced off of Chuck, and Chuck knows that he's not a CPA, and I know you're not a CPA, and 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 not an IRS, um, you know, agent or anything like that. But in terms of Social Security. What do you recommend? I had a listener write me last week, and they want me to bring this up and have a discussion. What do you recommend? Do you recommend taking – because, first of all, we don't know how long we're going to live. You expect that you're going to live a long time, but you never know. I'm, I'm the son of a man that worked his entire life, died right before he was 65, never collected a penny of Social Security. When his wife, my mom, died, he was entitled to survivor benefits just a World War II proud hero that wants nothing from the government. He didn't take – he had five kids and two more that he took in. He could have made a lot of money every month, had a lot of money every month. He didn't take a penny 
of the Social Security survivor benefits that are available if a spouse dies and there's children and there were a bunch of us. So having said that, do you recommend taking it at 62 even if you're working or do you recommend waiting until which now is, I guess, depending on your age, 67 ish is for and even longer. It's going to it's going to keep going up for people that are younger. But for most younger baby boomers, it's about 66 and a half to just under 70 or I'm sorry, um, 66 and a half to about 67 years old for full benefits. And then there's no taxable uh, issues if you continue to work. What's your recommend? And now I will tell you, if you were due to get the maximum, which is like 3,800 or something like that, if you go at 62, you're going to get about 2,800. So it's a thousand less. But what is your recommendation relative to that? Well, my thinking on it is if if you're uh, working and paying your bills, making a, a nice living, um, hold off as long as you can on Social Security because it's been in, in, was increasing eight percent a year. The longer you held off, if you held off to seventy, you know it, the benefit increased eight percent a year. Now with the inflation adjustment, it's increasing more than that. Yeah, what do you do though if you hold on till seventy and you die at sixty nine? Uh, that's that's the breaks. I mean, that's that's a calculated risk. I mean, Look, if you, you had if you had a uh, Nostradamus, you know, buddy, and you knew you were going to make it to eighty, eighty five, ninety, then hell yeah, wait till seventy, and that's going to be twenty glorious years of you know some pretty good money coming in, plus your colas, you know, all the time on top of that. But a lot of people never collect a penny. So you have to evaluate, you know, whatever's going on in your life. You know what what your health situation is uh but from a financial standpoint like i said if you're making money and it, you're making a comfortable living and you can hold out it, it's a good investment because once you get it i mean that's fixed yeah you got to live off of that so it's better to try to maximize what you're going to have to live off when your earning um ability goes away And if you continue to work full time, it's really taxed like crazy. Like I I think every three dollars you make, uh, it's taxed by a dollar that's taken away. So if you make a decent living, I'm thinking there's a chance you won't get much at all if you take it early, if you're still working full time. But once you hit the maximum or that 67 or whatever that number is then you can work as much as you want and they don't take any of it. Yep, yep. Yeah, I want to talk more about that in the future and next time I do want to talk about food inflation because it's still over, it's double digits over last year, which was also astronomical. It's unbelievable what's going on out there. You try to buy a a gallon of milk is like $2 more than a gallon of gas. Uh, Eggs are like, I mean, through the roof. So much that we didn't get to, Kirk, but that'll be next time. Have a great day, my friend. All right. Thanks, Harry. Thank you, Kirk. I'll say go Eagles, but we got another week. We'll be together before it's even the uh, Super Bowl week. He is Kirk Conover. I was sorry to see Lisa Loring died. And if you don't know who Lisa Loring is, she played Wednesday, Wednesday Adams on the Adams family. It's I'm telling you, Cindy Williams. I mean, it's, it's just Tom Cantone and I talk about it every day. People are dying all over the place. 
Stay alive, please. I want you to stay alive. HD3 Millville, a Town Square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. Welcome back. Six minutes past the hour. Chuck Malamud is here and he presents this program Chuck Malamut, a financial advisor at Morgan Stanley. The information, views, and opinions expressed are those of Chuck Malamut and do not necessarily reflect those of Morgan Stanley or its affiliates. They are current as of the date of this broadcast and are subject to change without notice. Neither the information provided nor any opinion expressed herein constitutes a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. This presentation is for informational purposes only. Morgan Stanley Smith Barney, member SIPC. Chuck, before we get in, to your um your wonderful uh market update uh pretty exciting nfl afc nfc championship weekend but not without controversy uh good morning harry how you doing good nice to see you so the eagles no doubt about it uh classy team really good um well played deserve to go I would have liked to have seen, obviously, I think, I mean, if, if you're if you're a, a pure football fan, you really would have liked to have seen a more competitive game. But when, as you guys talked about last hour, when you, you have to deal with injuries. But, I mean, how freakish that you lose your starter. Season, on the first series. On the first series. And, and then you lose your number two, who's really your number four. Yeah. And then, and then, so anyway, but look, it all worked out for Philadelphia. But I will tell you... Um, from a purist standpoint, they are not playing the best team in the AFC, and um, and and I talked to uh, our our team. You know, when I got into the office yesterday, and I'm taking a hiatus here because after watching that disaster that unfolded in the AFC game, shame on uh, the officiating crew, shame on Tony Bobo. I mean Tony Romo. <laughs> Because uh, it was all about, and I know you're not a Joe Burrow fan, and that's fine. But it was all it was all about the Patrick. But he is talented. I do all, accept it that. It was all about the Patrick Mahomes show. Yeah, and and you know if you really looked at the game from an objective perspective, objective, not a you know you like this team, I like that. You team, can right? honestly say that in you, your opinion, you believe the outcome, that Cincinnati was jobbed. The outcome would have been the outcome would have been different. You know, yeah. they look. They played out of the last four straight times they've played. Cincinnati won the last three by three points. Now, Kansas City has won by three points. At the very least, they're very evenly matched. But it does it does look to me as well, Chuck, the officiating. Now, you do agree, though, when Mahomes got pushed out oh, of bounds. It was the last play. Last play, no doubt about yeah, it, was yeah, penalty. But, yeah. but everything else leading yes. up to that. I mean, all the missed calls. Yeah. The intentional groundings that were not called against uh, Kansas City, the intentional groundings that were called against Cincinnati, the uh, it's like Harry, you and I are dancing, and I get called for a hold. Well, what usually uh, that's right. What usually happens now, if this is all in the up and up, and there's no chicanery here, the league would meet with that crew, and that crew will probably not. You won't see them. 
in high-level play next year. I don't year. think you should ever see that crew actually in an NFL game, period. It well, was that, it was that and, bad. And here's another thing that they do, If and correct me if I'm wrong, I could be having a false memory here, and I'm not a believer in this. I think they should not rate the best officials at their position. In other words, umpire and referee, sideline. What they see... And I've been an official at a lo- obviously at a much lower level, but at about an e- elite high school level. And you could take a good official, or you could take two good officials that have chemistry, and they do very well together. And we used to partner people, not regularly, but quite a bit, because you got that camaraderie. They work on a crew all year, but in the playoffs. They're working with people they've never worked with before. When, I think that's stupid. When you they have, should rate the best crews. When, when you spend, see the officials as you see what I'm as, saying as, there, yeah, right? When you see the officials as much as you do. They're picking all star teams. When, when you see the officials as much as you do during a broadcast, that's that's not a good sign. No. And 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 the the bottom line is the outcome of that game was not determined by the play on the field. The outcome of that game was determined by the officiating. And I'm just going to leave it at that, Harry, okay? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm hoping for the Eagles' sake they don't get that same crew. You said they're no, not they going to happen. And, but, you know, different people. That, that crew should not be allowed to step on an NFL, NFL field again. That's how bad it was, Harry. Are you impressed with the Eagles? Eagles are great. Yeah, they're look, they, they are a really good team. I, like I said a few minutes ago, I would have liked to have seen a more competitive game, yeah. but – you know, like you said, injuries you have to deal with. But when you lose, when you lose your two, your number, when you lose your your starter in the first series, and then the other, and the number two goes out with a concussion, and then you have to bring back the guy who's already hurt, and all he can do is hand off. I think he threw that two. Was, he had threw two passes right. for ten yards. Yes, yeah, because he said he and could only so, throw five yards. Um, so anyway, look, um, you, you how know, affected do you think Patrick Mahomes will be in two weeks? With the high ankle sprain. I think he'll be. Uh, I think he'll be better than he was uh, on Sunday. I, you know, Kansas City does have a lot of injuries. Um, I mean, look, obviously, I even want, Travis was, Kelsey was yeah, a game time decision. We all want the Eagles to win, and I'm I'm with you on that. Thank and you. and I just wish they were not playing the Kansas City Chiefs. I wish they were playing the Cincinnati Bengals because yeah. that's. The way that game should have unfolded, and I'm, I'm well as you know in, with it. in our purely. I mean, this is not bull coming from me in our purely entertainment uh, pool that we do. No wagering; it's just just for fun. We've been doing it for like 15 years. Chuck runs it. Uh, I pick Cincinnati. I thought they were going to yep. win, and they should have. And um, and I'll, I'm I'm that's that's that's. That's my, that's what I'm saying, Harry. That's what I'm sticking with. All right, I, I, how's that, bud? I'm with you. I, I mean, I don't. I don't, I don't me, like bad officiating. Now, let me ask you a question. Who yeah. who is um, what network? What network is Fox doing a Super Bowl? Good. Fo- so yeah, we're not, you won't have to listen to Romo. Bobo. Bobo. Yeah, Tony Bobo. <laughs> I'm no fan of his either. And you know what's funny about him? He has so much to say for somebody that was a choke artist. And, and you know, the thing about. Tony Bobo was he was a really good uh, announcer when he first started. He was very objective, uh, and and you he would lay plays out for you as they were unfolding both sides. And now he he fell in love with himself. He has taken sides. Yeah, uh, you know, two weeks ago it was all about Josh Allen. Uh, now it's about Mahomes, and uh, the good news is they're not doing that game. That's correct. That that I'm very pleased about. Chuck, it is now time for your illustrious market update. 
So, Harry, uh, last week the the S and P five hundred uh, was up about two over about over two and a half percent. We did get through that four thousand level in the S and P. That was the first time we had seen four thousand plus since early December. Um, you know, the, the path of least resistance right now, Harry, seems to be higher, even though earnings season is underway. Uh, and we'll talk about this in a little bit. And, they, and a lot of earnings have have undershot uh, expectations. You know, Harry, the best sectors last week, again, were consumer discretionary. One of the worst sectors last year was up 6.4%. Technology was up 4%. Worst sectors were healthcare and utilities. They were down anywhere from one half, one half to one percent. Uh, so you know the the going into Friday, the close on Friday, the S and P was actually up uh, over six percent year to date. Um, had one negative week during the month. You know it's hard to believe that January is going to end today. I mean, it's hard. I, I can't believe tomorrow's going to be February 1st. And the good news is for all of us here in South Jersey, there's been no, no SNOW uh, to date. And hopefully, I like what you did and hopefully we'll continue that for the next six weeks or so. Uh, but anyway, ha- having having said that, um, you know, it, it, a lot of strategists and analysts are calling this a trash rally, Harry, meaning that everything that got beaten down last year is now making its way back. Your consumer staples, uh, you know, have not fared very well during the month of January. And again, a lot, you know, uh, you're starting to see a few analysts, Harry, are starting to sway a little bit. And they're, they're coming on to the other side saying, well, maybe things are not so bad. Um, I, we always talk about our guy, Mike Wilson. He is still very negative with respect to earnings. And, um, I think we'll continue to do so, Harry. And I would almost venture to say he would probably be the last one that would actually say, "Okay, we're we're okay." But you know, look, when in, he does that, in, I'm going to feel good. In, in, in his defense, he's been right yeah. for a long time. Uh, yeah, I believe it. But, but, but you're not going to be right all the time. I don't care who you are and what you do for, for a living. You're not right 100 percent of the time. Chuck, I'm I'm well aware of the agenda because you always share it with me, and we we have great collegiality and brotherhood with one another. But I didn't pay a lot of attention to it early in my monologue. And I made a comment that it was just just threw it out there that I could be wrong and Chuck will pick me up if I am wrong. But January has been pretty good, hasn't it? Yeah. Like I said, January is up going. Well, so yesterday we sold off, um, you know, the Dow or the Dow Jones was down eight tenths of one percent. The S&P was down one point three. Nasdaq was down two percent. But having, you know, still having. Putting that all in, the Nasdaq's still up nine percent, S and P's up five, and the Dow's up about two. Remember, last year best performing sec- best performing index was the Dow. Worst performing index was the Nasdaq. So it's completely it's has flipped itself. That's crazy. You know, bond yields have declined year to date. Uh, it, prices have increased as well. Uh, so, how about this, Chuck? And I don't know if it's on the agenda or not, but I'm going to throw it out there as a flyer. I've been reading that new home sales yes, are one. up we will for three talk, straight months. We will talk about okay, that. Then that, I, that, then, is, that is, yep. Then I'll get the first break in right now. We'll come back strong with Chuck in just a moment. I thought that was good news because I believe in the Malamut school of all of this that says that there's a stool and that you have, you know, three legs. Some say there's even a fourth leg. 
Um, but you have at least three legs of the stool. And when they're all performing, and that includes real estate, um, we're doing well. But when one of them is not, we typically are not. So I was pretty happy to see that. Uh, I also think this labor market stuff is is fake. But Chuck will give you the reality on that. I don't understand it. It doesn't seem as strong as they're trying to make it look. Um, from from my vantage point as a layperson, a lot to do. We'll be right back with Chuck Malamut. Don't go away. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. This is Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins this afternoon at 1. Now, Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. 23 minutes past the hour with Chuck Malamot talking all about your financial matters. And a reminder for all of your financial planning needs, turn to the official, the exclusive financial advisor for the Hurley in the Morning program, the Hurley in the Morning charity at all. Chuck Malamut, 609-383-2010, 609-383-2010. PMI, Chuck. Take it away. So, Harry, uh, it's, it's referred to as uh, flash PMI. And, and what happened, they signaled uh, business activity contracting, you know, across most regions. Um, this, the purchasing manager index, or PMI, is oftentimes referred to. It, it, it's a measurement, Harry, that tracks both manufacturing and services. Uh, it came in in January. The number was 46.6. It, it, it was better than the prior month that we, you know, saw in December, but still among the lowest levels that we have seen, Harry, since the early days of the pandemic. Typically, and I'll use the word typically, take it with a grain of salt, a PMI reading below 50 signals a contraction in business activity. I think we're all aware of that. Uh, labor demand, as you mentioned before the last break, remains strong. Uh, we have signs of a slowing Job growth and uncertainty around, you know, trading conditions are now emerging. So it's going to be interesting, Harry, to see, you know, as as you refer to as the stars align, mm-hmm. you know, and I'll throw it out there. Are we are we in a recession? Are we heading into a recession? Are we not going to have a recession? Well, I'm going to predict that by the way everything's been changed. They're going to get away with saying we never even had a recession. I have a tendency to believe with you on that. I think, but, or, or, uh, or other if, than that, or if they do, they'll ring the bell and they'll say, "Oh, it was mild. It was, it was mild. It was a quarter. We're done. Yeah, yeah. it's nothing, nothing to worry about." Either there. of the two things that you just said are, are absolutely mm-hmm. one of them is going to be true. Uh, U.S. economy, uh, how are we doing? Now, on the flip side, this is where a lot of this data does not necessarily line up. The uh, the economy grew in the fourth quarter, um, despite signs of the slowdown that we just talked about. We grew at a, at a rate annual rate of two point nine percent. Do you think anybody believes that? I mean, I I don't think um, anybody. <laughs> I mean, well, does anybody believe what comes out of China? No. As far as their growth, but but the growth in the fourth quarter was two point nine percent. Sure didn't feel it. Uh, it was down slightly from what was we recorded in the third quarter, which was three point two percent. And and last year economic growth was about one percent compared to about five point seven percent in two thousand and twenty one. So again, the, the growth again is fueled by the massive fiscal stimulus, and you guys were all on that, you know, in the, in the last hour, a, a surge in the economic, uh, you know, reopenings, 
And, you know, that was in 21. At 22, a more normal pace uh, with respect to the the economy, and which is more consistent with what we've seen historically. Um, you know, economic output, you know, uh, you know, was solid, Harry, above expectations. But the economy is showing some obviously signs of cooling. I mean, what we didn't really talk about here was it was such a busy week <laughs> in, in the market. I mean, you have... I think 30% of the S&P 500 companies reporting, you have a number of reports like, you know, PMI that are coming. Uh, you had the Fed starting tomorrow at, at uh, oh, no, I'm sorry, you had the Fed starting today and, and they meet tomorrow. They make their announcement at two o'clock. The majority is calling out for 25 basis points increase. There are some outliers saying it's, they need to take it to 50. Um, there are some saying, listen, you know, the rally that we've seen in the equity markets, the Fed needs to unwind that, you know, that we really shouldn't be rallying. We should be, you know, we, we should be declining in, in, in equity prices. So if there is an increase of 25 basis points, should we take that as though that is tapering and that that's going to get us to the point where there won't be additional rate hikes, hopefully in the not too distant future, because I think, they're very debilitating to, you know, car uh, interest rates and mortgage interest rates and all of this. And are we following in the model of the Bank of Canada, which you're going to talk about now? Yeah. So the Bank of, Can- the Bank of Canada, Harry, actually paused the rate hikes. I like that. I like uh, them for that. You know, last week uh, they raised their interest rates by 25 basis points. They got their upper target of four and a half percent. And they did say they're going to they're likely to stop increasing rates after the meeting they just had good and that was one of the you know one of the first developed markets you know globally to to declare a pause is that does that normally mean that that would i want to call it like a positive contagion would that follow suit it should but you know i i think that the fed here is so determined to make absolutely certain that they get you know they get inflation to that two to two and a half percent. Well, then they have number. a lot of work to do because inflation in terms of food is like double digits still. You have food, you have labor. You've seen the price of the pump obviously come down, but I, I, but we, it's got, it went back up but, a bit. But one of the things we talked about, and we've we've been pretty consistent in this discussion, Harry, is that you know it was easy to get from where we were nine at one point in mm-hmm. time down to you know the sixes and the fives. It's going to be. Where you get, how you get from five to two and a half, you're going to put a lot of people out of work. A hey, lot of people. I agree. Sadly, I agree. Uh, halftime break. We'll be right back with Chuck Malamud. A reminder for all of your financial planning needs, turn to the official, the exclusive financial advisor for the Hurley in the Morning program, Chuck Malamut and the Malamut Group. They're at Morgan Stanley's Northfield, New Jersey office. You can reach Chuck and his team at 609-383-2010, 609-383-2010, This is the Town Square, New Jersey, Info and Weather Network. Exactly 30 minutes past the hour, early in the morning with three stories that you can follow right now on the WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. The Atlantic County Prosecutor's Office has completed a lengthy narcotics investigation read what i put together on this i mean the list of bad stuff that they've gotten off the streets and they've arrested two people the most successful actress of all time was born in new jersey check that out 
Senator Menendez brought great news to southern New Jersey yesterday. Millions of dollars for ACY and the Air National Guard. From the Town Square, New Jersey, Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow. The story of today's weather, spotty showers, clouds, colder temperatures. A weak cold front drifting into South Jersey this morning, accompanied by some raindrops and snowflakes. Very light stuff. A chilly breeze will limit our temperature to around 40 degrees this afternoon. One more push of snow showers tonight, low 28. Tomorrow we'll see the sun again. It'll be seasonably chilly with a high of 40. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. Inflation is not WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Download every Hurley in the Morning program as a podcast on the WPG Talk Radio app. Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We're back. It's 36 minutes past the hour with Chuck Malamud, our official exclusive financial advisor for the Hurley in the Morning program. So now we're going to do a little um, segment on the Fed, Chuck. So, Harry, the Fed's uh, preferred measure of inflation, it's oftentimes referred to as the core uh, personal consumption expenditures price index, is is in fact moving in the right direction, Harry. It declined to 4.4% in December uh, from the November 4.7% that was booked. And, uh, Harry, that's the slowest pace we've seen since October 2021. So, So, again, to kind of dovetail we just talked about i mean you know what the fed has put into play um is is in fact you know working so the 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 problem is with the and again this is not my opinion it's more i think it's more the facts than anything else the fed is has is the fed has more times than not been wrong you know i remember you guys you know uh lambasted me uh over (laughs) The transitory word. And you said, absolutely not. This is not transitory. And the Fed then came back and said, oh, by the way, it's not transitory. It's, right. it's, it's here and it's real. So the problem with the Fed is I think that they're so hell-bent on, on, on this inflation target. Yeah. Um, they really don't care if – well, what if we get if we get into a recession and well, they and, don't care the other debilitating things that happen as a result of addressing inflation. They're dispassionate yeah. about that, which is a problem you know, it's, it's for kinda, the rest of it's, us. It's kind of like we always talk about. It's kind of like driving like when you drive your vehicle. I mean, are you looking in the rearview mirror the whole time? No. I mean, that's a, you use a your lot, rear view mirror when you think you a need lot to. of the, a lot of the data points that they yeah. have are lagging numbers or not leading True. numbers. And, you know, I, I think the Fed really needs to get to the point here where they 25 is probably the right number for tomorrow. 25 basically because points. 25 psychologically would show that they're tapering away from uh, this. Yeah. Maybe you have another one or two and then they, they really need to pause it or they need to stop. Because, I agree. You know, the market, you know, there's an old expression. Don't fight the Fed. But the market is fighting the Fed right now because the market, the bond market is saying specifically that guess, guess what? You know, we're going to stop very soon and event and, and, and before you know it, the Fed will be forced to cut. And this is very tough pain because the Fed went from being a great reliable customer 
to really stick in it to everybody. Well, you know, the thing is that the Fed, you know, think about it. You know, we've talked about, you know, QE, quantitative easing. Yeah. We, you know, we've talked a little bit about quantitative tightening, but the Fed is out there every month selling into the market. They're reducing their balance sheet. And as they do that, when you look at the math, it equates to about a 25 basis point rate hike they, every that, month. See, that's a very good every point. Month. That's a silent thing, but it's very real. So they went from a reliable buyer to a voracious seller. So it's it's really yeah. You they, think they, about that. That's getting whipsawed twice. So you, you you that's sort of underlying. You don't see it, but you but you'd see it in the pricing. Yeah. And um, I I mean I think that there's a lot of people a lot smarter than me, Harry, for sure. And they're they're saying that look, you know, we're at the end here. You really need to you need yes. to put, you need to you need to put the brakes on here and let the and let's see where we go. Here. Let, let me commend you for a really important point that you made because I hadn't heard anybody. I'm a very voracious reader and I watch all this stuff. Uh, I hadn't heard anybody make that comment that you just did. So that makes it even deeper than than would appear on the surface. Well, this is the one I jumped on early yeah, just from my own sale. observation. Home sales, new home sales have had three consecutive good months. Yeah, so the month – so, Harry, U.S. new home sales – not to be confused, you know, with, you know, existing inventory, uh, U.S. new home sales rose an annual rate of 2.3% in December. And that was according to the Commerce Department. Um, pending sales increased 2.9% in December from the prior month. Harry, it was the first monthly increase we have seen since late 2021. You know, mortgage rates, you know, are starting to come down a little bit. Uh, housing demand could, could very well pick up in the upcoming months. So that's all good news. But on the flip side, you know, if we look at household spending during the month of December, it in fact weakened. weakened. Um, it, it was down two-tenths of one percent month over month. Uh, and again, that's another sign that the economy, you know, is slowing down here. Uh, you know, meanwhile, if you go back to the prior month, you know, personal spending rose three and a half percent from the month prior. So, Harry, I think, you know, the medicine that we're that we're taking right now seems to be working. I, I, I think that, you know, I'm going to be very interested and I think all of your listeners should be as well. I think around 215 tomorrow is when Powell, you know, uh, has his news conference. I mean, at two o'clock, the announcement is made, you know, whatever, you know, 25 basis points we're going to assume. Yeah. I mean, the market will react to it. That's almost in the bag, right? Um, well, usually I, you I, have 80, like percentages. You know, 80, per, 80% plus. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so what will happen is that the, um, the market, if you really want to see some wild gyrations in the market, you just need to watch – you know, during his press conference, you know, because they they have, you know, live markets, you know, up, down, sideways, whatever. And the market could move, the, you know, one, two percent, you know, basically as, as he's talking. And I mean, that's not a good way to invest money long term. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes you really need to step aside here uh, and, and, and say, listen, you know, let the dust settle. And then, we, you know, you pick it back up after, you know, after he's done speaking. But um but you know, alongside Harry, you know, you know the economy and what and what is what is happening, you're seeing several you know technology companies you know joining the wave here of these layoffs. I mean, just from last week, Google, Microsoft, Spotify, IBM, SAP, they they 
uh, all registered weaker earnings in the last quarter of 2022, um, and and they had layoffs. However, however, and you, I mean, you were spot on with this one. The weekly jobless claims report was down by about six thousand to one hundred eighty-six thousand, suggesting again the labor market remains tight. But I think we talked about it last time, and we'll talk about it right now. You know, the the jobs, these layoffs that are happening from the big tech companies are being replaced by jobs in 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 the service component of our economy. Um, that's not to say that they're not good jobs, but they're not paid as well as you would have seen, you know, when, when you have, you know, quote unquote, white collar employees. We're going to be right back. It's the final break. When we come back, we're going to have, let's see, about 17 minutes uninterrupted with Chuck Malamud, who you can reach for all of your financial planning needs at 609-383-2010, 609-383-2010. Chuck Malamud with her early in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5, South Jersey's number one news talk radio station again and again and again. All because of you, and we know it, and we thank you. Download the WPG Talk Radio app for your iPhone or Droid and take South Jersey's talk station wherever you go. Get free, unlimited South Jersey news right at your fingertips. Listen to and easily call all of your favorite local and national talk shows. Wake up with Harry Hurley using the alarm clock feature and more. It's the WPG Talk Radio app for your iPhone or Droid. Download it now at WPGTalkRadio.com. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. For complete contest rules, visit WPGTalkRadio.com. Thank you. It is 10 minutes before the top of the hour with Chuck Malamut. I am early in the morning. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 South Jersey's number one news talk radio station. This is always like an illusion to me. This labor market still seems strong. Is is it is it really? So this is where we kind of left off, Harry. Yeah. You know, with the weekly jobless claims number. Yeah. So the labor market, you know, does remain strong. The initial claims for uninsurance claims still remain, you know, really low. Uh, but remember, are companies but, still having a hard time but, finding employees? But remember, Harry. Yeah, I think. Okay. It, well, it all depends. Doesn't it feel all de- like it, that. I mean, it all it feels depends. Like people are getting let it, go. But, but it all depends what industry okay. and what sector with the industry. But remember. The job market is a lagging, not leading, but it's a a lagging indicator of economic health. And jobless claims, I think, Harry, should be expected to be at or near the bottom right now. And very, you know, very close to the peak in the business cycle. So don't be at all surprised. You know, the, the Fed cannot rely just on jobless claims. There's a lot more behind that. Well, I can't wait for this answer, Chuck, because if this is like no win scenario, you know, heads I win, tails you lose. When the dollar was super strong, I know it because I do the show with you every day, every week for 31 years. That was bad news. So now the dollar is on the decline. Is this also bad news? No, no actually, Harry. This is, this, good news? this is, again, this is some of the medicine that's been been dealt and and this is needed to happen. The dollar, Harry, has declined more than ten percent over the last four months. That we that the, we saw a peak about four months ago. Is and, that and good? It, it is good. Okay, it is good. I and, knew it was. And, and what happens is 
that has in turn created a rally in Harry precious metals and industrial type security. So, you know, think about, you, you know, it's, it's great to travel internationally and have a strong dollar because your dollar is going to go that much farther. But, you know, it doesn't help, you know, as far as us importing because it's just very expensive. And then these multinational companies that trade on the, on the, on the S&P 500, you know, that, it, it, you know, they can't bring their earnings home, so to speak, because of the price of the dollar. So, you, yeah, this is this is good news, Harry. Good. For sure. Co-host prerogative. I want to bring up an item that's not on the agenda, not for a lengthy discussion, but just for a quick comment. Uh, I'm thinking about Sam Bankman-Fried's, you know, where I'm going. I'm going crypto. I don't hear much talk about crypto right now. Well, crypto has actually been on a run in, you know, from the beginning of January, and I want to say maybe up 20 30 percent i mean it was so sam bankman fried did not ko crypto he did initially yeah. but 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 crypto it's, it's has rebounding come, i mean bitcoin i i don't follow it but i do know that bitcoin do you believe in crypto because <laughs> i don't Harry, look at it's, i don't it's 853 we could spend about three hours talking about it and if i if i pulled your listeners and i asked them what is crypto uh probably 90 percent would tell you they have no idea i know i I, i've never liked it and uh but i do accept that it's going to be here to stay uh all right back to the agenda why the risk on rally so harry as we talked about you know a lot of the beaten down stocks in 2022 are are now seeing you know seeing the light of day um you know uh as as a result of that the the rally is a lot of the real quote smart people are saying this is a, uh, a, a, a trash uh, a trash rally where you are <laughs> you know you're buying the, the the positions that did not if a position didn't work in 22 why is it going to work in 23 so this is all part of their bear market theme that you know sell into a rally there's no reason for these stocks to be at those at the particular levels that they have now on the flip side Harry you know Consumer staples, you, you know, are have not worked during the month uh, as the money has shifted away from staples more into your discretionary and more aggressive type security. So, but again, remember, you and I, we are not tactical investors. We are not buying either the dip, selling the rally. You know, we're. It all goes back to what we oftentimes talk about and that's the plan yeah and i and i'm going to kind of dovetail that i'm going to go off agenda here for a second because i know you guys talked about social security Mm -hmm. during the last hour so one of the tools that that mike frank and i use is what we call life view and and it it basically summarizes where you are we take a look at your income we look at your expenses we look at you know, your needs, wants, dreams, what you want to do, you know, over the next 20, 30 years of your, of your life. I and mean, again, assuming how old you are has a lot to do with it. But one of the components is Social Security. We run an analysis on what, where you are best served to take Social Security. Now, Kirk and you are absolutely right. Social Security increases on average 8% a year. So to take it at age 62 versus, uh, you know, f- what is full retirement age, 66, 66 and a half, 67 and change, whatever it may be, uh, you, I, I, you know, we're the opinion about if you can, you wait to take it at full retirement age. 
there is a again a little bit of a stretch to go from from full retirement age to age seventy. The taxable issue is also a factor. If you take it early and you're still earning, well, you're going to pay taxes, Harry. I mean, I but you know, I, I think we've kind of talked about this. Maybe a little conspiracy theory here, and I really shouldn't go there, but I will. Good. Um, I know you like this. <laughs> you know, a, a really good client, uh, a real bright attorney. Um, I'll leave his name off because it doesn't much matter. We were we were meeting oh a couple years ago and going through his life view, and he says to me, you know, I took my Social Security, and he's just of Social Security age and he's continuing to work. And I said, why do you why are you doing that? Was he at least at full age? He was at full age. Okay. And I said, well, you always said that you were going to take it at seventy. He goes, well, I changed my mind. I'm looking around and I'm watching everything that's happening with government. I know, I know. And you know, th- this you know is an entitlement that no politician wants to take away. Correct. However, we are on a collision course that will not end well in the next 15, 20 years or so. So his, I mean, and to his credit, uh, he said, look, I'm taking this now. I don't necessarily need the income. I understand it's taxable. However, once I'm in, I'm in. He took a defensive position. I'm I'm grandfathered. They can't change the rules on me. Now, I, I agree with him. I'm not so certain that it's going to necessarily impact people that are close to full retirement age. I think the impact's going to be more on you know those that are just starting their work life. Let me also further this, though. If there was ever going to be a change, it doesn't happen on the drop of a dime. The government works and moves very, very slowly. So you would see it coming, and you could always then... They do work, in, but they do work in mysterious ways. You know that. That's true. I mean, I mean in the that middle, is true. In the middle of the night, yeah. If you remember, remember the hey. old adage, and I'll take it back to football. Christmas you, Eve is. Do you great. remember? Do you remember when the Baltimore Colts left Baltimore? Yeah. And I think they went to Cleveland at the time. They got up. You know, they they packed up the buses and the trucks, and they left town with no notice. It's true. So I, I think that's something that. All of us need to be aware of. I'm not saying I, I do agree with you. Well, you'll get some notice, but so you think you should at least wait till full retirement if age? If you can, if you can, because it is like a thousand dollars difference if you took it at 62 versus 66 or 67, as you said, depending on the age. If you were at the highest level where you could collect, and look, there's there the is a, there is a lot of confusion about Social Security. There's there's no doubt about it. But uh, nine times out of ten, when we run. The life view for our clients or prospective clients, it it mostly points to taking the benefit at, at full retirement age, not necessarily age 70, but full retirement age. And I also know if you continue to work, though, you really get hit hard until you get to full retirement age. The music's playing, so we don't have time. I was going to ask you about, like, what does a weak dollar mean for stocks? We should probably hold that. We have a lot. Closing we have a comment. lot to discuss. Well, Harry, look, big week. Earnings started, you know, fast and furious this morning. We'll get, I think, 30% plus of the S&P companies reporting this week. Two o'clock tomorrow, more government reports at the end of the week. So a lot going on. Uh, Try not to trade the market, Harry. Try to invest in the market. With all that, you have a wonderful week. You do the same, my brother. It is Chuck Malamut for all of your financial planning needs. 609. 383-2010. 383-2010. That's 609-383-2010. Dr. Newkirk is making a house call. Uh, we're going to start on a somber note, and then we've got some good stuff coming on after that. 
And then we're going to have open forum 609-407-1450 after Dr. Newkirk in the second half of this hour, which begins now. It's early in the morning. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a Town Square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. Welcome back. It's six minutes past the hour. Dr. Newkirk is making a house call. He has... Well, I shouldn't say he's arrived. He's been here. He's he's always prompt. Uh, Dr. Newkirk is the official and the exclusive veterinarian for the Hurley in the Morning program. Dr. Newkirk is the owner, the operator of Newkirk Family Veterinarians. And we visit twice monthly with Dr. Newkirk and we talk. He talks all about your pets on the first and third Wednesday of every month or Tuesday, rather, first and third Tuesday of every month. This obviously is not that, and it's because I was away earlier in the month, and Dr. Newkirk was kind enough to uh, to shift to today. So he'll be back next week, and then two weeks after that, we're going to be talking about some important things with Dr. New- Newkirk this hour. Uh, to make an appointment, they are at 3085 English Creek Avenue in Egg Harbor Township, on the web at NewkirkFamilyVeterinarians.com, and the phone number is 609 609- Six four five twenty one twenty six zero nine six four five twenty one twenty. We welcome Doctor Newkirk to his program. Welcome, Doctor. Good morning. Good morning. Well, a little taste of winter out there. Yes, we do have to remember uh, it is January, February. And yes, with these nice weather we've had, it's, it's not uh, it's not springtime yet. No, we've been lucky. No, no doubt about it. You're right about that. But we're going to get a little taste of it for the next several days, and I think it warms up uh, a bit again. Uh, before I go further, I know there's something very important that we're going to open your program with in just a moment. But Chuck Malamut, who just left the building, uh, said to me, would you please tell Dr. Newkirk that I said thank you? So um, I'm passing on Chuck's appreciation to you, Dr. Newkirk. Uh, well, that was uh, a, a great thing that uh, he promoted. Uh, a, uh, a potential veterinary student from Israel visiting and she wanted to get some experience, and he asked, and I said, love to teach. Um, that's how I got into it years and years ago. So sure, I sent her over, and she spent, uh, I think, about eight, ten weeks with us, and uh, she, she learned a lot. So, yeah, always glad to give back. Um, that's part of what we're going to talk about. <laughs> talk about here today, too. It is true. A little bit later, I do want to open up with, though, everybody that knows Newkirk Family Veterinarians knows Dr. Newkirk. And everybody that knows Newkirk Family Veterinarians knows Lisa. And, Doc, uh, this will be the first time publicly that we're sharing an, an update and a comment about Lisa. I turn it over to you. Yeah. Um, you'll forgive me if I get a little... <clears throat> choked up here, but uh, uh, Lisa's been my right-hand person ever since Margate days, and that's going back uh, a long time, good 20 years. And um, m- many people have heard or the rumor or heard the story that she's out because of a medical leave, and 
And uh, but she's finally given us permission to tell everyone what's actually happening. And unfortunately, this young, fantastic, vibrant woman has cancer in her early forties. Uh, it's in her brain. It's in her spinal cord. It's it's not good. I mean, she's been chemo, radiation. I can and I guess somewhat happily report that her. Uh, tumors have shrunk about 50%, uh, which is fabulous, but uh, there's still a long, long way to go. The big thing, as you can imagine, also with hearts and prayers, is that, uh, as we all know, now she's not working, and we all know medical bills are piling up. So we have started a GoFundMe for her, and uh, we we just like to get the word out to people who maybe haven't heard or people who... Know Lisa, and, and you know maybe Animal has passed away, but they've known Lisa from the past. Uh, she's um, just a terrific person, and she's got a lot of fight in her. But um, as you can imagine, uh, this is really, really weighing down. So um, we have a, a GoFundMe set up. Uh, it, it's real simple to find. You can either go to um, our uh, website, the Newkirk Family dot com, and click into our Facebook which will connect you right there. So NewkirkFamilyVets.com, click on the Facebook, and it'll take you to it. Or you can just go to GoFundMe. Uh, it's simple to find. Uh, actually, uh, I just did it again just to make sure. Uh, at the top, you, it'll say fundraisers for individuals, and then you'll click on that, and it'll say, for what? This is a medical issue. And then you just type in um, medical bills for Lisa, and it'll pop up there. We've had um, great response. We've raised over <clears throat> we've raised over nine thousand dollars so far, and we've uh, then our little kids donate five bucks, and oh. and we had anonymous donors donate a thousand bucks. So. Um, if you know Lisa or you can find it in your heart, uh, this is just a, you know, tragedy is all around us when you strike somebody that you, you know that's so young, you know. Um, my medical problems pale into into that and what's going on with her. So um, it's GoFundMe. If for some reason you still can't find it, just call the office and, and the girls will get you the link. But uh, it's it's pretty easy again. Go to our website, Newkirk Family Vets, just click on the Facebook link, or just go to the GoFundMe site, uh, click on individual, of course, she's not a charity, and you'll see then medical, and then uh, you just have to type in medical bills for Lisa and cancer treatment. So, uh, sorry to start this off with bad news, but she needs some help, and uh, we all love her, and I know there are many people out there that are wondering what happened and, and why she hasn't been back. And She's a very private person. She didn't want to tell anybody, but I finally convinced her, listen, there's lots of people who love you. There's lots of people who ask us every day, what can we do? Can we help her? Can we send her food? Can What can we do? And, well, the answer, unfortunately, uh, comes down to medical bills and, and, and you know, paying the, paying the mortgage. So um, anything you can do, uh, would be terrific. And Doc, what we're going to do is um, continue to promote that here on the program. I've taken 
copious notes. I've gone on there myself. I know exactly how to navigate it so that anybody that knows how to get me, I will easily be able to also remind you how you can help with Lisa as well. Uh, We'll take our break. And when we come back, Dr. Newkirk is going to share some big news because he's got some uh, amazing, I mean, really once in a lifetime kind of stuff, the, the bucket list kind of stuff that Doc is going to be doing. It's Dr. Mark Newkirk. It's Newkirk Family Veterinarians. Notice the name family, a trusted name in pet care for getting close to five decades, but certainly more than four decades. And again, to reach Dr. Newkirk and his team, simple to do, 609-645-2120 on the web at NewkirkFamilyVeterinarians.com. And Doc, you know, I've always known this about you. You're, you're a good man and you're a good friend. And this opening segment was extremely important. And I hope that many people will step up and help Lisa. We'll be back with the Doc. It's 15 minutes past the hour with Dr. Mark Newkirk. I am. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. Brian Kilmeade is next at 10. Now, back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Hey, thank you. We're back with the doc. It's 18 minutes past the hour. I'm Hurley in the morning. He is Dr. Mark Newkirk. It's Newkirk Family Veterinarians. Uh, If you missed the first segment, please go to the podcast later today. When it's uploaded, you can download it to your download file, and you can scroll right to uh, five minutes past the hour because Dr. Newkirk made a very important announcement about Lisa from his office, more than an, a longtime employee, a, a dear friend, and she's dealing with a very um, serious medical situation. And you'll see all the details up on the website at NewkirkFamilyVeterinarians.com. Now, Doc, coming up, it's no April Fool's, but on April 1st, and it ain't no joke, uh, you got some big stuff going on. Yeah, boy, I've been trying to get some of these things lined up. And, of course, with COVID, that was the problem. And, of course, when you're dealing with um, giant wild animals like rhinoceros and elephant and lion, it's not like, okay, hey, let's uh, let's plan a trip next week and we'll go, you know, take care of some of these guys. Uh, so I'm pleased to announce, and many people have been aware that this is why I've semi-retired, is to chase my dream of... <clears throat> Yeah, it's a choked up day. Uh, Chase my dream of working with these big animals. So uh, first, I'll be going uh, April 1st to spend two weeks with a research team that's researching the lives of wild painted dogs. And these are just uh, amazingly beautiful creatures who have families and they run in packs and they have dens and the puppies are just, you know, so ugly, they're cute kind of thing. <laughs> uh, but to study their, um, their, their populations, to study their, you know, what's affecting their habitat, uh, we will see them get caught in traps and things like that. So uh, that should be really, really exciting. Uh, they're a very important predator in the balance of nature. Then I'll be spending two weeks with a rhinoceros conservation group who has um, also a um, anti-poaching team. So we'll be riding with them uh, and, and hopefully see <laughs> no no problem, uh, but and, and hopefully not come upon any dead moms. But part of this, too, is then to rescue babies, if that's the case, and bring them back to the orphanage and uh, uh, work with them. 
And then I'll be, finally, I've been trying to do this for a long time, to go to the Animal Defense International uh, Refuge in South Africa, where they rescue big cats from all over the world that have been stuck inside shows and little zoos and circuses and lived in a, you know, a 10 by 20 foot cage all their life. And uh, they've built these massive enclosures on the African plains. And uh, they, uh, of course, they, they confiscate these cats many times with the help of the local government or police. Uh, then they're always in poor conditions. So that's when we do a lot of the veterinary care for them. And then they actually ship them to South Africa where they can then live out their life uh, um, in relative, you know, peace and freedom, and and to not live alone anymore. You know, they've been in these cages by themselves, and uh, of course, then there's always veterinary care that continues uh, 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 going on there. So uh, that's really been messed up with uh, very flooded roads and COVID, but it's finally ready. And um, they called me. <clears throat> They called me the other day and said, today, you've been bugging us for two years. Uh, Come on over. So um, that's a dream come true for me. I mean, in your your profession, and as much in our listeners can hear it with your passion, this is like your Super Bowl, isn't it? Yeah, this is really, really big. And um, fortunately, I'm already set up in... uh, in July to go back um, to uh, a, a different country and work with rhinoceros and then work with a, a project for giraffe uh, and lion up in Kenya. So right now I've got 12 weeks scheduled in Africa this year. Well, you gave me a homework assignment. It really wasn't a homework assignment, but you said, hey, look up and read all about Reuben. So I had never heard of Reuben, of course, uh, but, but now, I, now I know all about Reuben. This is a lion for our listeners, and then I want you to expand on my brief knowledge, but I did some pretty good reading on it. This is a lion whose journey to South Africa is literally taking place basically as we speak. So this is this is amazing because Ruben spent five years all alone in one of these cages that Dr. Newkirk is talking about, whatever they are, 10 by 20, which is like a phone booth for an animal that wants to really, you know, stretch stretch their legs out. Uh, in a zoo that shut down and left him. So this is a story about survival, redemption. I mean, this is pretty amazing, Doc. Yeah, this is, um, and this has been going on for, oh, I think a year and a half because of all things politics, for God's sake. Yeah. You know, all we wanted to do was come into your country, take this animal, and which nobody wants, and take it out. And give it a good home, and and it's just been, it's just just terribly crazy. So they finally, he's on the move. He's out of Armenia, and he's in another country now, an interim country, let's call it, where he's starting to receive some veterinary care, and uh, he will. Uh, <clears throat> it's such a sad story. If anybody wants to see this. Uh, it's Animal Defense International, and just look up Reuben the Lion, and what this what this animal has endured, you, you just you just can't imagine. It's true. You know, these are social animals. Yeah. 
These are social animals. Can you imagine yourself? You're all by yourself. Okay, you're uh, Tom Hanks on uh, Castaway. All you have to do is talk to yourself. Yeah. That's it. And, and, and by the way, at least he, at, Doc, at least just, he could spread out. He had the whole island, and he could yeah. go in the cave, and yeah. he could go up in the the you know the upper section of the island and out and swim and yeah. catch you know uh, lobsters, crabs, and fish. Yeah. This 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 poor animal is in a tiny cage. You know, uh, I mean, it was an amazing story to read about. And what now we can tell just from your your passion in this interview how much this means to you. Would, have you prepared yourself for how incredibly meaningful this is going to be when you're there? This is going to be profound, isn't it? Yeah, I'm sure that um, I will be overwhelmed with um, joy and passion and also, you know, the fantastic ability to be able to work with these animals. But uh, I'm sure it's going to be quite emotional. What a... Um what an amazing – I mean, you got to feel blessed. I mean, what an opportunity to do something that most people do. will never have the opportunity to do, Doc. What, what, what do you hope to, yeah, um, to get out of this? Um, it's, it's just about giving back. Veterinary medicine has been wonderful to me, and there are animals that, that need me. Yeah. So <clears> – <throat> Yeah, very emotional day. I, I think there are animals out there that need me. And, you know, whether you want to call this fate or you want to call it God or what do you want to call it, um, this this is what's driving me. This is where I'm going. Um, I'm going to be in Thailand in December for two weeks working with elephants, um, giraffe camp, and um, I forget what that is. There's so many I've got lined up. We're going to be tagging sharks. Uh, in the Atlantic Ocean. So I have about six months' worth of being out of the country this year. Uh, I'm trying to line up Borneo and working with the orangutan hospital down there uh, just to, and as many of you know, I have these big back problems, and I'm just going to do all this before the back gives out. Hopefully it'll hold up for a long time. But now this is my calling, and this is, this is, I call this the next phase of my veterinary life. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's beautiful. It's not that I'm semi-retiring to go play golf. You know, I'm semi-retiring because there's another calling for me. And um, so, I mean, Doc, Doc, this is nothing short of missionary work. I mean, you're you're going out there and you know you're doing work. We hear about doctors that you know uh, that go to other parts of the world where there's not. You know, good medicine and good care. People have never seen, for example, a dentist uh, in their whole life. Our good friend Larry Steitler made possible for people in Guatemala to have dentistry that never had it. They have an x-ray machine and other imaging and things that they've never had before. You know, this is not a political comment, but I want to get your take on it. I wrote a recent piece over the last couple of days because I have a very good friend who was able to tell me about a survey ship that had tracked the latest dead whale. And at the time, this was about three days ago, this dead whale was 12 miles off the coast of Brigantine and all of their equipment and their knowledge and mapping and the wind and the tides told them that this whale would wash ashore, if not that day, the next day. And it did, I believe, in Long Beach Island. So that's the eighth whale. So here's I'm not being political here and I'm not being anti 
the wind farm or anything else. But, you know, I start to look at things like, have we ever had eight whales uh, wash ashore in a relatively short period of time? And uh, my answer to that is no, unless somebody corrects me. And we have now. And it's got to be about something. And I'm I'm just not going to believe that eight whales got hit by boats. Doc, I'm not going to believe that. If you told me one whale got hit by a boat, I would buy that in a heartbeat. If you told me over a course of a few months, maybe a couple of whales got hit by a boat, I, I, I would I'd start to say, wow, you know, it's getting a little epidemic. But all right, I, I can go with that. I'm not buying eight. What do you think's happening with these whales? Well, I think there's a couple of possibilities, um, and and boat strikes happen more often than you think. But let let's also, for one, before I answer your question, let's look at the other side of that. The humpback whale population is booming, which is wonderful. It's fantastic, and so where we didn't even see a humpback whale off That's Atlantic true. City that is for true. how many years? That is true. Now they're there. So is this just, hey, like you know, take a population, a city of people, somebody dies every day, okay? And just what happens. So, or, you know, in this case, is there some sort of disease they haven't found it yet? Now, you know, I can guarantee you they didn't take a microscope of every inch of that whale's tissue and take a look. It's impossible. But um, I, I don't think it's all this stuff about the winds and the surveys and all of that. The oceans, unfortunately, have been full of tons of noise for a long time between all the shipping and the radar and the military and all that. Does it affect them? Yes, I think it does. But like any creature on this earth, they've adapted to it. The other thing, too, remember, is shipping was way off for two years. So we have our whale population increasing in uh, population, they're also exploring more because the ships are not there, so they're coming closer to shore. Now, all of a sudden, the ships have started up again, and you have um, young whales who are not as experienced. You know, Could they be making more contact? Yes. So I, I, it's not a simple solution here, but I think we also need to understand if, if we increase a population of something, and we're all saying, wow, look at these whales, isn't this fantastic? Well, unfortunately, uh, death is part of the cycle. So um, I, I'm not thinking this is from all this wave, uh, you know, this wind farm stuff and all that. The, the animals will adapt. They always do. Uh, they adapt better than we do, that's for sure. For our listeners' information, uh, Doc and I did not show prep that issue. Uh, he did not know I was going to fire that question off. And I'm not saying this as your friend or as your broadcast partner. That's the best answer that I have heard the most persuadable response on that question that I have heard yet. That was a very reasonable answer. And I'll tell you what, I'm buying it. And I was very um, troubled and, and confused by what's been happening. Uh, I, I, I I think that was the best answer that anyone has given on the topic no no one has spoken that well on it yet in the three or so minutes that we have left in your show it has flown by that quickly doc has been an emotional um episode of dr newkirk's program who will join us again i'm very pleased to report that um sometimes when we do one later in the month 
it means you get to hear from Doc uh, back to back. So we're going to be together uh, this up, up, upcoming Tuesday as well in the nine o'clock hour. But as we're heading to the winter season and no one's had to really worry that much about that, is there anything about caring for our pets in the winter that you would like to share, close out with? Well, you know, fortunately in this area, we don't really get much snow or any issues. The big thing would be the road salt or rock salt. Uh, you know, so if you have your dog out running, you know, make sure you clean out those paws when uh, the dog comes back inside. You know, a lot of that stuff can build up in there, uh, especially dogs that have a lot of hair between their toes. And they'll sit there and lick that and lick that and lick that. And I've often seen them create a sore just from you know, trying to clean their feet out. So that really would be the, the major, major thing. Um, are hairless dogs uh, probably a good idea if you're going for a long walk to have a coat on them? Uh, but many of them, they don't care. You know, they, they like the coat. Um, the other thing then, uh, just a little off the topic, is Valentine's Day is coming. So we got to watch the chocolate there, people. Uh, we say this every single year, and every single year, pretty much every single veterinarian sees a chocolate uh, ingestion. So uh, you know, we talk more about that as we get closer. But just- and, and, and that's no joke either, because that, that could become very, very problematic. Even that there have been cases where that's been terminal, right? Yeah, if uh, if a, if a certain dog gets a certain amount of a certain type of chocolate, especially Baker's chocolate, is the worst. And, and especially a small dog, right? Like a bigger dog can handle, like if they ate a couple of Hershey chocolate kisses or something. You know, I don't know. You would know better. Maybe a little diarrhea or something, or maybe just would be able to handle it. But a small dog that ate too much chocolate that that could be lights out, couldn't it? Yeah, and that, that's a good point. We'll see this thing about grapes, raisins, chocolate. Sure, if you have a great day and he eats a, a Hershey's Kiss and three grapes and four raisins, you're going to be fine. But, you know, if you have a, a three-pound chihuahua that eats all that, you may have trouble. So, obviously, yeah, or, or definitely it is dose-related. So, you know, before you panic and before you call the doctor, just, you know, think, okay, and certainly call your doctor and just say, listen, because that's the first question we're going to ask you. How, how much did you get? Yeah. And I'm going to say it's a great thing. You got two grapes. You're fine. Don't worry. And Doc, before you go, I want to um, share what you opened the program with. Uh, Lisa, who's been working with Dr. Newkirk for decades, uh, and th- this is something that's been kept private pretty much. People knew that Lisa was out, but Dr. Newkirk uh, shared this morning that Lisa has been out for the past four months because she's been diagnosed with cancer to the brain and to the spinal cord. So you can imagine she has the challenge of her life going on right now. They have started a GoFundMe page for her because, as you can imagine, your income is affected if you can't work and also the exorbitant medical bills when you're dealing with cancer. And I can tell you a little bit about that with two parents that that had one of the worst cancers you can ever have. It's very, very expensive. So she she obviously needs and her family needs help. They've um, had some amazing contributors so far. So if you go to NewkirkFamilyVeterinarians.com, you can uh, just click right there on the information that's on the web page and you can navigate right into the GoFundMe uh, page. If you go right to GoFundMe.com, 
uh, and go into first because it's not a it's not a not for profit charity. It's an individual. So you would click on individual. Then you would click on medical. And then the name of the um, account, if you will, is medical bills for Lisa. So it's doing well, but it needs to do a lot better. Doc shared that it was at, uh, going over nine thousand uh, dollars as this program began. Uh, but obviously, Lisa needs everybody's help and uh, be guided accordingly. Now you have the information to help out. Doc, let me give you a closing comment. Anything you'd like to close with? Well, uh, just to reiterate again what you said about Lisa. So this is why I called it <clears throat> New Kirk Family Veterinarians because she, all of our staff, they are my family. I consider that. And all of my clients and all of my patients, I consider that my family. And well, that's why we've, we've just been so uh, devastated here. Uh, and so many of our clients are just devastated as well. It's, it's just so prayers, hope for her. And um, uh, thank you all in, in advance, even $5, $10, uh, you know, it all helps. So, But thank you, thank you very much. And uh, then, Harry, we'll talk next week. Can't wait, Doc, uh, to, to reach Dr. Newkirk and his team, 609-645-2120. See you, my friend. Talk to you real soon. Great show today, Doc. Take care. You take good care, too. That's Dr. Mark Newkirk. I'm going to be back in a few minutes. Don't go away. It's the Hurley in the Morning program, and we've been jammed all morning. This is your first opportunity to play. The phone lines are open at 609-407-1450. I hope you'll check in with anything that you would like to talk about. It's wide open forum. 609-407-1450. A reminder there is a great contest that's going on right now, and we've we've mentioned this a few times this morning. Uh, you have an opportunity to participate in it as well. It's uh, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 partnering with Manhattan Bagels. If you go to the WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app, you'll see the um, the link right there. You can participate, and this is an opportunity with plenty of time still before Super Bowl Sunday, February 12th, uh, to win a party for 10, your own Super Bowl party. And it'll be sandwiches, it'll be cookies and more. Uh, and it's on the app, the WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. Join the contest right now. We'll be back in just a little bit. Don't go away. Governor Brian Kilmey cannot wait for the Tuesday edition of the show. In great illegal storm, our border get bust in major cities, and now in New York City, they don't like the accommodations, so they're sleeping outside. What a joke. Trey Nichols' death results in more firings, more accusations, funeral tomorrow. Gallup study shows government and poor leadership is our number one problem. What do you think it is? From Dana Perino to Stuart Varneywell, have it all on the Brian Kilmeade Show. Brian Kilmeade is next at 10 on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. When you need to know, it's WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and the WPG Talk Radio app. Here's something I think you need to know. Uh, and there used to be one here in Atlantic City and it closed. Uh, and oddly enough, I never got one in Atlantic City, but I always try to get one when I'm in Florida. One time, I don't know if you've ever done something like this, and I don't mind it. Uh, obviously, it's not something that that I can use unless I'm, I'm there in Florida, but... I ordered a sandwich. I was in the mood for a sandwich from a wonderful, wonderful restaurant called the Earl of Sandwich. 
and we did have one. I forget which casino might have been some somehow Caesars rings a bell. I don't I don't I don't remember. But that for some reason that uh, Margie would would know. But um, so one time I ordered and they deliver, and I don't remember if it was through one of the. Um, you know, the delivery apps. But anyhow, the Earl of Sandwich delivered. And I was in the mood for one, and I wasn't going over to Disney Springs. So, and I got great service. I got exactly what I wanted, the original, which is fantastic. It's the most tender roast beef. The roll is is homemade. It's just, it's an amazing sandwich. I did, the reason I'm bringing this up is I'm just looking at my email, and there it is. Every day of my life for three years, I get an email from the Earl of Sandwich from making one purchase. If I remember correctly, I did tip generously. I think it was like 50 or $60. One order, that's it, never again. Because when we're there, we typically will go over there to Disney Springs and grab lunch one day or something like that. Ordered it one time for delivery to my resort. And they've, they've emailed me every day of my life for three years. I kid you not. Uh, today, just for your information, is the last day of the two for $23 sale. Order now. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air. Good morning, Harry. I'm a first-time listener. Uh, and uh, do, you know, do you realize I've been waiting 31 years for you to call? First-time listener. You didn't even say first-time caller. Long-time listener. First-time listener. What did I do to deserve this call after 31 years? I have a question. I live in Galloway, yeah. and I've been living here almost four years. Okay. And we, there's a cul-de-sac right behind. I live on a, a bunch of acres farmhouse, and it's come to my attention, neighbors back there, that we're talking about an $800,000 home sold and now it's filled with drug oh, addicts i just heard about this now i will tell and, you uh, let me let me and, let me let me just tell you what i've done so far i got a message about this sent to me through facebook and i don't even think it was a friend of mine so they did it through messenger which if you're not a friend of someone's then you have to accept it and i did uh so i'll tell you what i did and then you you tell me more of what you want to share uh, I know your your governmental officials very, very well, and I brought the matter to their attention, which I have to believe there's no way they don't know about it to begin with. What the gentleman is, is getting ready to talk about is a home, uh, which would typically be for like one family, is being converted, it's being used uh, as a halfway house. And I got the first message about it. Now I've had about two or three more comments about it. Uh, it does not seem like this is being received very well. Now, I've been down to the town a couple of times because I have uh, seven German shepherds. Mm -hmm. And I have woods on one side of me, and then the house is probably 50 yards from my fence. I'm all fenced in. And on the other side of me is a nursing home. So my dogs are always out in the yard that was one of the reasons why we bought the property yeah and i mean these young people which you know i have no problem with them getting help yes but exactly. i don't think a single family neighborhood home and their place isn't fenced in there's no special locks on the door 
2 o'clock in the morning. They're outside Jones and in the back there. My dogs are going crazy. Well, now, now you're raising something that, see, because here's the deal. I have a lot of experience in this area because of my longtime association, friendship, and, and, and client relationship with Atlantic Prevention Resources. So I, I, I can't even tell you the number of times that we've interviewed people from the Hanson House and different people that are involved in, in this type of recovery. Usually, these houses, and they are in residential neighborhoods, and Summers Point didn't like it, and many other areas where this comes up, and, and I've been here, as, as I've told you, for a long time, taking these calls and these questions and, and comments for a long time on this topic. Typically, the rules are really strict, and if they break the rules, like they have to work, uh, they, they're required to report at certain times and these different things, and if it doesn't go the way it's supposed to go – then then the persons are not able to stay at that house anymore. And it could wind up with them having to go back, you know, somewhere where they don't even want to think about going back to. So usually the perception of it is typically worse than the reality. But you're telling me they're barking at the moon at two o'clock in, in the morning. That's not acceptable. It's crazy. Man. Yeah. And then I drove over to the neighborhood back there and talked to the neighbors and they can't put their kids out. And about a month ago, somebody OD'd oh boy. In, the, in the house, and it was just a disaster. Well, let me ask you something, because I reported it, but you've had some experience with this now. What does your government tell you when you tell them, hey, you know, come on, first of all, we don't like this to begin with, and now there's noise at 2, 2.30 in the morning, howling and, you know, all kinds of carrying on. I will tell you, another friend of mine... Uh, in Egg Harbor Township just told me that that uh, he has the same situation literally, what did he say, next door to his house. Um, what do they tell you when you – because here's the thing. It's a permitted use, so it's tough to fight the issue. You want people to get help. It's like prisons. Nobody wants them in their neighborhood, and I'm not using that as a direct analogy. just as things that people don't want necessarily in their neighborhood. They don't want – a halfway house they don't want prisons they don't want certain things that, that that they consider to be not in keeping with the you know the neighborhood uh, and they also worry and some of it is is unfounded but some of it is probably well founded like who are the people and does anybody do we have to worry about our children and you know our wives and our husbands and you know so on and so forth but what do they tell you when you tell them that this noise is happening after two o'clock in the morning because that's that's just a that's a noise violation and a problem if it was just a residence. Well, they're going to look into it. They're going to look and into it. I, I it'll be uh, February 1st tomorrow. It'll be four years since I bought the house here. And I'm Rocco in Galloway. And uh, it's always been peaceful. Great. We love love the town. My son goes here there. And... Oh, this never, ever happened. And I just don't understand how, you know, it affects all the neighbors. I mean, you have homes in there, you know, million-dollar homes. And what happens now when you have addicts living in a single-family home? It just doesn't make any sense to me or the neighbors. Uh, one girl was out there right on the road. I need help. I don't want to die with children. And, you know, there's young kids that live back there in these other, other homes. 
I, I just, I don't know how this could happen. You know, the one neighbor that lives right next door to them said, no, you know, it's a single family that supposedly bought it, and then now we have this. Well, the township approved it uh, because I don't think it's a rogue operation. The township approved it, and they're responsible for making sure that it's not disruptive to the neighbors. Uh, and if noises, I'm not going to say if, Rocco, I'm going to believe you. I don't think, you know, we've never met, but I don't think you're making up that, that noise is happening out of that place at 2 o'clock and 2.30 in the morning. Uh, the township has an obligation to to then get with the owner and to tell them that, you know, this this has to cease. And if it doesn't, they, they, they won't be able to, to do that there. Uh, so keep us posted, Rocco. Uh, I know the people that run your government, and they're really good people. So I think they'll be – and I'm going to follow up now with the mayor now that I actually have uh, a direct encounter on the air where I can say – and he hopefully uh, he's listening right now uh, and will be able to hopefully uh, lend a hand. But keep us posted, and if it continues, when's the last time you've had ruckus and noise at 2 o'clock in the morning? Just the other night, you know, and the house is, never- is, that, is that an infrequent occurrence or is it happening quite a bit? It's happening quite a bit. All right. So, I'm gonna, like I, I said, I, the house, house is, has he, never been lit up and it's lit up every night. Yeah. So uh, it's just- well, yeah, they're on different hours. They're on the, you know, the overnight crew. And, and you said it's young people. And I will tell you, there's is something about. The younger generation, they're, they're, they want to sleep all day and be up all night. I don't I don't get it. I don't, I don't like it. Uh, it's not even natural. I mean, we're not even meant to be, you know, we're supposed to sleep when it's dark and be, and be awake when it's light. But that, uh, that's a general statement. But I think it's a generally um, uh, proven one that the youngest generation right now, uh, they're, they sleep in and they're up all damn night. And that's not uh, conducive, obviously, for people that are on the opposite schedule. Rocco, honor to take your call. Thanks for being a first-time listener and a first-time caller. I have already, you can tell, I was, I'm not ready for your call, but I've already made um, contacts about this issue because you're not the first person I'm hearing it from. Uh, so we'll, um, we'll let you know what we hear and you keep in touch. But I think you blew the whistle here pretty good to where your government's going to be uh, maybe even – a bit more heightened in terms of their awareness that, you know, this just isn't acceptable. If you have something that people are predisposed to accept as a negative to begin with, and then you have late night activities going on, I mean, that's just compounding the issue. So they're going to have to do something about it. In fact, it's their, it's their responsibility to do something about it. And I'm sure that they will. I'll follow up and you follow up with me. I've got to run to the break. Good to talk to you. We'll be back in a few minutes. Don't go away. Your phone calls continue. This is Early in the Morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. And it's my WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a town square media station. Born from the tragedy of 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been honoring America's heroes ever since. This year, hundreds of fallen and severely injured heroes and their families are receiving mortgage-free homes. More than 1,500 homeless veterans are receiving housing and support programs. On Memorial Day, those lost since 9-11 and the war on terror are having their names read aloud in a Tunnel to Towers ceremony. 
do good and never forget our nation's greatest heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. As a Walgreens pharmacist, I talk with people all the time about little tips and tricks for filling their Medicare prescriptions, like taking advantage of Walgreens 90-day refills to save them a trip, or using refill by scan, which is super easy and right on your phone. And for anybody worried about prescription costs, I say, hey, we got you with low-cost copays on many medications. Let's talk about making things easier. Walgreens is here. Fill your way and save at walgreens.com slash Medicare. See pharmacists for restrictions and exclusions. Sean Hannity this afternoon at 3. Now, early in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. 59 minutes past the hour. Thank you for spending this time with us on early in the morning. And, uh... Rocco, if you're still listening, and I know there have been at least three or four other people that have uh, messaged me through Facebook, someone messaged me the address of this um, property in Galloway Township uh, because I just had a conversation with with a high-ranking Galloway Township official, uh, and I've been asked for the address, and that would be very helpful, and I, I told them what was going on and what we just talked about. Somebody send me the address uh, because that I have, I have everything except that all kinds of information, but we, we need to know where it is because evidently there are, well, let's just put it mildly. There are several of, of these types of arrangements in Galloway township. So there's not just one uh, 609-407-1450 has a complete log jam at the moment. Welcome to Hurley in the morning. You're on the air. And good morning, Harry. Morning. Uh, I want to talk about. I want to talk about America. I want to talk about freedom and how it's not free. And I have a solution. And I wish the politicians, and Mr. Van Drew, would listen to what I got to say. Okay, all these people that just come in this country. The fact is that they will never leave, and we cannot send them back. So that these people that come here and uh, seek asylum, their pathway to citizenship should be. Five years military service immediately. We need to build an army. Well, we got, but we have to fix something. We have to, I'm not in favor of that because, first of all, you'd have to do a very extensive background check. We don't even know who these folks are. In some cases, they're MS 13, they're, they're terrorists, you know, uh, human traffickers, drug traffickers. I'm not in favor of that. I'm in favor of legal immigration. That usually takes about seven years. A friend of mine, it took him over 10 years because the government screwed up when he got to the finish line and he had to start all over again a decade. But now we're talking about these people that come in illegal and we give them everything. Uh, Look, all we have to do to fix the military is we have to have an election because we have bad people right now. But we just need somebody to make whole all of the people that got screwed with the COVID-19 vaccination that didn't want to take it. Uh, And I'll tell you what, I give them a lot of credit and at great risk because they they probably were right. I I do believe the vaccine saved a lot of lives, but I'm I'm beginning to wrestle with the fact that it's also, I think, made a lot of people unwell. This vaccine is I, I, I joked. I didn't joke about it. I said at the very beginning, let's hope we're not talking about in two, three, four, five years. Hey, if you took the um, COVID-19 SARS-CoV-2 uh, vaccine back in 2019, you know, call one, call 1-800-LANDY-LAW. 
because I think a lot of people have been messed up by it. I want to see the next president because this president is a joke and he doesn't he doesn't even know what day it is. I'm 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 barely wrong about that. Uh, The next president needs to bring back every person, pay them their back wages that they've been screwed. I don't know if you know this, my friend, but they're actually not only are they not bringing them back, which they should, they're making them pay back the signing bonuses that they got. I mean, this is this is atrocious what's going on. So our problem in the military isn't making illegals part of the military. It's just making the people that we screwed whole again. It's tens of thousands of people. I, I, I want to say something very important. I want you to think about this. Yeah. Okay. Oh, please, Harry. Yeah. You need to think about this, what I'm going to say. All I don't right. want to hang up. Yeah. Hang up. All right. Now, listen. Okay. Before this fool leaves office, right? Right. Before Biden is finished, we will be at war with China. Our sons and daughters and grandchildren will go off to fight China. A lot of them's not coming back. And meanwhile, these people will still be here multiplying, okay, and that's it. Yeah. Uh, let me let me comment on that before you hang up. Uh, a general has already said within the past 48 hours, this is terrible that this got leaked uh, because you know it's true. The memorandum, which should have been classified and confidential, an Air Force general, I forget his name has forecasted that we will be at war with China by 2025, within two years. And I would only change one thing you said, because I agree with everything you just said. It's all fact, what you just said, not opinion. The only thing I would would um, add, it's not even disagreeing with what you said. I agree with what you said. But we wouldn't be sending people there. China is going to bring it to us here. That's why I, I kept saying, while Obama was destroying the Navy, and he was, on purpose because he hates America and he hates the United Kingdom and he hates Israel. I mean, we had literally we had a really bad actor uh, do a lot of bad things. And now Biden's uh, probably worse, but it's really his incoherence. The real Joe Biden would be a much better man than this incoherent one. But China built their Navy up. They're the largest Navy in the world. They you and I need to talk again about this. Because you're making a whole lot of sense. The only disagreement you and I have, the problem is real. The threat is real. But the answer is not making illegals legal by putting them in the military. I don't, I don't, I don't like that idea. I don't like that at all. Uh, once somebody is legal and they're an American, absolutely. Not this way, though. The end of the program is here, so let you and I further this sometime because I did listen uh, very intently to what you said, and I have a whole lot of agreement with a lot of what you said. Remember, somebody that knows the location of the the uh, halfway house that Rocco from Galloway Township was talking about, message me through Facebook, or you can email me, harryhurley at aol.com. That's all the time I've been given for today. 